Hi, this is Pablo's wife. My husband is currently unavailable. You see, when he kicked me out of my own home so he could record his cute little video game podcast, he didn't take a bunch of things into consideration. He wants me to tell you that the sound quality isn't their best and that he will try really hard next time. But look, my husband is not a planner, so expect a shit ton more episodes to have issues. Good luck with him, Marco. Isn't he special? Our new two-part episode of the Cool Down Time podcast is on the horizon, but you are forbidden from calling it overrated like the Horizon series. I'm your co-host, Marco, and as usual, I'm joined by Pablo. What's up, man? How's it going? It's going well. I'm ready to get into this. Two parts. Two parts. Some say two parts too many. I say two parts is just not enough. Listen, I, I, we, have a, we have a lot to bless y'all with, so uh, we had to split it up. So basically, um, you know, we are going to, to break this down with uh, two parts. Uh, first part is going to be uh, we're going to cover the booty juice. We're going to get into some loadout stuff with what we're playing. And we're also going to be covering some additional loadout stuff uh, in terms of some news and reveals that uh, happened uh, very recently. So we'll be talking about a lot of, uh, of interesting games, including Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, then we're going to wrap it up with our cooldown topic today. And then our part two, which will come out uh, shortly thereafter, will be our big pre-E3 blowout where we will cover all of the bases uh, in excruciating, annoying detail with our <laughs> our thoughts, our prayers, our hopes and dreams for uh, the big three, as well as some of the big studios and publishers that have something to say uh, this E3 or around this E3 time frame. So we got a lot of ground to cover, so that's why we had to split it up. Uh, if you don't like it, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we're not going to waste any time. Let's jump right into it. And we're actually going to switch it up a little bit. We don't normally start with booty juice, but we want to. We wanted to wet the whistle a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to get the booty juice started. And I'm actually going to go ahead and kick things off because, uh, Pablo, one of the games that has been getting a little bit of buzz over the last, let's say, uh, week or so since it's come out um, is, is Knockout City. Um, now... Uh, I, I, you didn't get a chance to try it out yourself. No, right? I have not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I got a chance to try it out, and uh, l- let me let me kind of you know I, I, this is kind of a weird place to start, but I think we've all heard of Key and Peele before, right? Yeah. Key yeah, and Peele yeah. does really did some really awesome skits. One of them that they did, and 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 let me land with this one, but <laughs> one of the ones that they did was called Pussy on the Chain Wax. Have you seen this one before? I, I mean, I probably have, but that okay. I, I mean, I can't I can't recall it from that name, which probably I have because that's a pretty, <laughs> I mean, it only only one thing's going to show up in search results. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe maybe more than one. Well, we don't know yet. Um, but so that skit was about uh, a guy uh, that went and met up with uh, one of his other guy friends and their group of friends. All right. And um, one guy was trying to create this this new slang term. And the slang term was pussy on the chain wax. Yo, that shit is pussy on the chain wax. And his friend, but his friends uh, were all adding in like they knew what it was. And so the other guy's like, like what the fuck is, yeah. what the fuck is pussy on the chain wax? And so everybody's like, yo, no, pussy on the chain wax is. And no one really knew what it meant, but they were all just kind of going with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and finally he just cut everybody off. And he's like, why the fuck are you trying to make a thing, a thing right now? Like, why do you, why are you doing this? Uh, you know, and, and it's like, 
that reminds me of of what EA has been trying to do for the last year and change. They're trying to create their own pussy on the chain wax <laughs> with with uh, trying to make a thing, yeah. right? Um, a lot of people don't may or may not remember Rocket Arena when that came out. I think it was last year, right? Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it just it 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 just stunk of this like focus tested. Uh, you know, we're just trying to create this new, ro- like literally a new Rocket League type of thing that everyone's yeah. going to be addicted to. Like EA is is very, very blatantly trying to find that that big craze, and yeah. it feels like they're going so hard in that direction right now that um, they're just they're going to keep on returning to that well over and over again. And, and we're seeing a lot. It's not just them. There's a lot of other companies trying to make games that are going to catch fire like that. But, you know, they all have that same that same signature to them, right? Like, they look like Fortnite in some form yeah, of fashion. Yeah. The yeah, art style is similar. Style. Yeah. The, in this case, with, with uh, Knockout City, the font types and the color schemes, and the, you know, are very Fortnite-esque. You have, um, you know, it, the very cartoony art style. You've got, like, the, 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 the quirky emote-ish type of things going on. And it's like... They're trying to wrap all that up into what they hope is an addicting game. And, and, and mind you... It's been getting some pretty good feedback. Like people do like it. Yeah. It, to, to, to some people, it's pretty fun. I played it personally. I think it's very bland and forgettable. Uh, and I think the gameplay like, that people are talking about is very overblown uh, in terms of its depth. I mean, it, it seems like it has a little bit of a skill gap, but it's not that great to the point where it's like, oh man, this is something special. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm just tired of seeing EA. Uh, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about them in part two of this uh, of this episode. But I'm, I'm just tired of seeing EA reaching for that next pussy on the chain wax ass <laughs> game. Like, I, I don't need another one of their like Fortnite looking focus tested looking games that um, that they're trying to make a thing out of. Like when Rocket Arena came out, they were they were they had sent it off to all these YouTubers and influencers and everybody covered it for like two days. I played for Oh, a this bit, is a, a lot of fun. Too, yeah. you, you bought it. I think I bought it too later yeah. on. And it fizzled out fast. It did. Now with Knockout City, they had a thing where it was on trial for I think 10 days. And I think just yesterday as, as of this recording or maybe the day before, uh, they announced that they're now going to be letting people play the game free up until they hit level 25. So... What that means in terms of how successful the game is, is probably it's somewhere in the middle of okay to, hey, they just want as many people playing this while it's while it's hot as possible. But it just feels like they are forcing the issue of trying to make yeah. the next industry craze. You, you know what's weird about that is in EA fashion, they're being greedy mm-hmm. because they technically already have that with Apex Legends. They do. And yes. it, they're still constantly trying to take money from you in a way that isn't – they're trying to hide the fact that we want to be the next this thing because we want your money. Yeah. That's basically what, what they're saying. Dude, it, it's it's so obvious too. Like EA – look, you know – and again, we'll get into more of them uh, on the part two of this, of this show. But like they don't really have a lot going on that doesn't involve – trying to create a craze or trying to monetize people. It's right. very seldom that they'll have a game that's just genuinely trying to be a good game on its own merits. Like they, they're, they're trying to be that headline. They're trying to be one. that, you know, maybe, you know, with rumors of battlefield or maybe the next Bioware, you know, games that those are just, you know, earnest games that, that live in their own plane, but they want 
they want the global sensation. Right. They want the craze. They want that next Fortnite. And it's just so corporate to me. Um, and I'm, I'm just tired of seeing that stuff spill into their, their portfolio because they, they do have talented developers. But and, and these this studio that they are publishing this game for, you know, granted, you know, that's they're I heard they're a pretty big studio. They're about 100 people oh, wow. for, for what they are, you know, in, in, in the context of things. That's pretty big, which is pretty big. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think they've mostly done like contract work in the past. Um, and I can't think of the name of them for the life of me. But, you know, it, I think the, the, the problem is, is that. There's just been a graveyard of yeah. of games like this over the last, I'd say, two or three years where you have these every studio or every publisher has to have their version of a battle royale. Every studio has to now apparently have their 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 weird take on a Rocket League sort of thing where they create their own sport or kind of a spin on a sport. And it's just it's all overlaid in this very familiar, very Fortnite ass style and i'm just tired of seeing it so so real quick velen studios is the studio behind the game velen velen studios oh. and they're also okay. the studio behind mario kart live home circuit uh which was a money grab by oh uh, yeah nintendo uh and so they seem to be the money grab team fantastic mm-hmm. and that sounds like a perfect part uh partnership with ea yeah so uh, yeah, that that makes things make a lot more sense because now you have a studio that basically, probably, in my opinion, pitched to EA, "Hey, we if we make this game good and addicting, we know how to to milk it for every dollar." One thing that I would say that I feel could have potentially hurt the game is, well, I know it is. It's EA's influence because of course. I, I'm looking at this and it's this game, Knockout City wasn't a game that they were thinking about it lightly. This game has been in development for four fucking years. That's and it crazy. seems bland <laughs> as crazy. shit. And I haven't played it, so I'm just talking about what I've seen. Yeah. And they always envisioned it as a game as service, but season-based, right? Which is probably what's going to happen. Mm. But I don't mm. understand... I don't understand how a game like this could be in development for four years... When when I'm looking at videos, and again, I, I'm 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 talking out of school here because I haven't played the game yet, but I, I it doesn't seem like a game that was made in four years. No, no. But then uh, again, what do I know, right? Yeah, it, th- there's not a lot there. I mean, you know, there's probably some level of depth uh, of depth to the gameplay, yeah. um, which is why people probably like it uh, for the most part. But it, it's there's nothing about it that that looks like it's been slow cooked, like yeah. in terms of like oh they really put a lot of time into it, like graphically. The game looks kind of shitty. It's, it, I think it's, I don't think it's 4K or anything like that, which is pretty fucking wild considering the art style of the game is not exactly very taxing at all. Right. Uh, it, it, you know, the art style itself is is okay. It's it's kind of a mix of like Splatoon. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. A little I, I Sunset Overdrive yeah. in there in some ways, and, and obviously Fortnite, like, like I said. But nothing about it is like is something that, that that feels like carefully crafted. It just feels like. Let's get this out there and let's keep building on it, like kind of like Rocket Arena felt like in the beginning, where yeah. it didn't feel like really polished. Like when Apex Legends came out, that felt pretty polished when it first started. I oh, mean, yeah. it had its issues, of course, like with tuning and balancing and stuff. But it felt like, wow, this game is not like rushed out the door. It was like really, really well made. And I think a lot, of, a lot of that has to do with the fact that it was a huge part of what Titanfall Three was going to be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they already had some something yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think so. So my booty juice is is really I'm just tired of seeing the the potential graveyard of these 
of trying to catch uh, catch fire games coming out. Like, yeah. we, you know, we were just talking about it before we started recording. We were talking about Hyperscape, like, from yeah. Ubisoft. And, like, oh, who remembers God. that? Like, and that's an honest question. Like, it's just a forgettable-ass attempt from another studio or another publisher to say, you know, how can we get a piece of the pie? And and that stuff is so transparent with, with how... Um, you know, the industry is operating right now. And I'm just tired of seeing it. Like it was, it was once in a while, you know, you'd see a game like lawbreakers fail. Right. And that was like, you know, it was unfortunate, but okay. It didn't work out. That was a fun game though. It had its, it had its, it had its things, you know, but, but now it's become so, um, littered with games like that. But you know, you know, you know what part of the issue is, is the fact that we have streamers now and everybody is trying to, get into the game, into that streaming portion of it. And so I feel like a lot of the hype behind these games when they come out has to do with streamers trying to create a a, a, a kind of like a niche a niche in the, into their into their kind of like viewership, right? Like they want to be known as like the next ninja of the specific thing. So sure. if they're in early, mm-hmm. they could be, you know, that. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like a lot of games Start off great. Two million uh, players here for uh, Knockout City right now. Live on stream uh, on, on Steam, it's five thousand concurrent players right now. Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, I don't. That doesn't sound great. Going yeah, from two million to five. Well, it's it's solid. I mean, for yeah. a new thing, it's it's okay. I guess it's just a matter of like, okay, look, it's been what not even two weeks. But what I'm saying is, I don't even care. I don't think they care if they're successful long term. I don't think they really are looking. They are definitely hoping that it's the next uh, uh, the next. Um, Rocket Arena. What was the Rocket one? League. Uh, Rocket or, League. Yeah, yeah, Rocket League or the next. You know, um, I'm blanking out on the on the biggest game in the world. Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I'm sure they hope it's that, but I also don't think they really give a shit because it's everything up front. They're gonna get the they're gonna get the streamers who are gonna hype it up. They're gonna get industry people who are gonna play it in, uh, in let's plays. They're gonna hype it up. They're gonna get a lot of stuff up front, mm-hmm. and then eventually, if it dissipates, it doesn't matter. They probably already made their money really early on specifically for a game that doesn't look like it it, it mm-hmm. had too much going on for in terms of development even though yeah it was in development for four years so yeah. it's this weird thing where it's throwing it's the it's the proverbial throwing shit uh, against yeah, the wall see what sticks because that's exactly that's, what it is and that's what it feels like yeah too, you know every because i i think that battle royale games any multiplayer kind of uh landscape is going to be a permanent mainstay. Mm-hmm. I think every game that has a substantial multiplayer uh, portion of it will be will have. I think Halo is going to launch with a uh, type of battle royale game, whether it be their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. I think it will because that's just kind of where it's at right now, and that's that's they want to get into, especially with with Halo multiplayer being free to play. Uh, they are definitely wanting to, to have something that's current and, and that people like right now. So I'm okay with that because look at Warzone. We shit on Warzone for a long time and ended up secretly, not secretly because we had, I think we had it a top 10 team, a top 10 game last year mm-hmm. as one of our favorite games, multiplayer games last year because it worked. It was polished. Yeah. It, it, it had yeah. an idea and it executed on that idea. And right. it's okay to be, to reiterate on specific ideas, but if you put your own spin to it, or at the very least make something that's solid enough, right. I think that you can, but it doesn't feel like that. It feels like, yeah, he's like, like we said, throwing shit on the wall, see what sticks, and maybe we get a hit, maybe we don't. Yeah, you know? of course. And look, Activision, a- Activision wants Warzone to print money just as much as EA wants their games to print money. You Absolutely. know, like, so, yeah, it, yeah. and Activision's just as grimy in a lot of ways too, but, they they at least put in the work, 
Yeah. And the game from sound to graphics to performance and obviously with tuning and gameplay, it hasn't been perfect all the way through. A lot, of, a lot of hardcore Warzone players will attest, but like you can still tell that they put a lot of time, thought, energy and effort into it. And it's not just a, hey, let's just see if this can be a thing type of project. They also have the benefit of knowing that that year's Call of Duty is going to be the best-selling game of the year, pretty much year in and year mm-hmm. out. Now, the thing with EA is that EA is not a slouch either. EA has Battlefield. EA has now uh, yeah. uh, Titanfall. Titan, well, you know, Apex slash Titanfall. Yeah. Apex, but they have that stuff. Instead of you know focusing on that, they don't want that long-term development for eventually, hopefully, making money in the future. They want money now, 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 now. Right. And that's just kind of the par for the course for any big corporation. And then, you know, sadly, with video games being the biggest entertainment in terms of grossing money per year now, we're going to get a lot of hands into this stuff. A lot of too many cooks in the kitchen now. And they're just going to want to consistently make money because, uh, you know, I read Jason Schreier's book about, um, about game development and how, uh, you know, layoffs and in, 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 in crunch time. And, you know, one of the things that they said about EA specifically is you can make them $10 million in 2021, right? If next year that same studio makes $10 million, they see you as a, as a, as a, as a, a, a failure. You got to keep going up. You yeah. didn't make more money. You made the same money. Being flatlined to them, it, being flat, being constant in terms of making money or not losing money, it's not good enough. You have to keep... And, and that's, that's why those studios will never survive. And mm-hmm. like you have one of the biggest properties in the world, the IP with Star Wars. And they've closed that studio once or twice because they are not making money right mm-hmm. now. And it's insane. It's just it's one of those things where video games are in a really weird place. We're super new in the entertainment business. And because of that, there's a lot of weird practices going on. And they're not going to go away. I mean, that, well, that's, that's what I was going to say, yeah. too. Yeah, because, uh, you know, because what if this game is – Let's let's say for the sake of of being hypothetical, it it becomes successful, and it's it, it becomes a thing. Yeah, great. But now that same success is going to inspire a whole nother wave from more from EA, more from other studios yeah. to create an, another knockout uh, game, right? So it's it's gonna be. That's what annoys me the most is that if it and I'm not rooting for the game to fail per se, but if it succeeds. The ramifications are just as shitty in, in, in a sense because then everyone's going to be trying to chase after that shit too. It's a catch twenty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm 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 not a big fan of of just the the precedent that it sets in terms of what types of games these publishers or studios want to make because games like this are honestly they're 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 relatively I don't know why it took these guys four years to make this one but like they they should be relatively easy to make and, and easy to manage. And then, of course, easy to make money off of. And if that's the case, then, again, with that whole other wave of people trying to chase after Knockout City, that just creates this endless pattern of games that, that don't have to be very, you know, rich with story. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, hopefully traditional games don't fall by the waste. I don't think they will, per se, but, like, you know. Well, I mean, you got – I mean, they did turn one of the one of our favorite studios into a, one of those. Well, exactly. With, That's true. Uh, you know, That's with true. BioWare and, yeah. and Anthem, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just it, – it's really concerning on a lot of levels. So I just think that, you know, this is going to sound fucked up, but the existence of Knockout City to me is booty juice because of, of the implications of its right. success, because of the annoyances – of its potential for failure uh, and just the way that that's been the case with a lot of other games. And then it's just kind of a, to me, it, I think it's a completely bland and, and basic ass game that um, 
I've seen done better literally generations ago um, with with you know fun multiplayer arena type of games in the past. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's super weird, and, I, and I'm with you because it just shows the evil, the almost like the evilness of EA, where even looking past that, like, and I'll bring back, I'll bring up Bioware again. It's like, oh, people buy love Bioware. Let's make a game that could make us funny yeah. on the backs of the reputation of a Bioware, right? Because people are going to... Because we, we were excited for Anthem to an extent because Bioware oh, of course. was making it. Yeah, yeah it's a... It's a the game has service. It's a Destiny-like, and we're like, that's not the biggest thing that we love, but it's fucking Bioware. And nope. Not good. Not good. Trash. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, this... Uh, this this booty juice is a is a kickball to the nuts of EA uh, to, yeah. to to just stop to right. stop. Um, but that's my booty juice, um, Pablo. Why don't you go ahead and jump in with yours? The floor is yours. Yeah. So I my, I want to kind of clear up a few things about mine because I know <laughs> okay. the the really 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 basic shit to do on Twitter and video game Twitter is to go on and complain about somebody reviewing something, right? Sure. Uh, I think if you go on Twitter, everybody's gonna shit on reviewers and companies reviewing because it doesn't align with something that they either thought was going to be or because they enjoyed the game and somebody else didn't. So off the bat, we all know that reviews are opinions of people who've played the game, right? But my thing my thing is, and this goes back to something we even touched on, is the early days, because movies have been around since like the 1900s, right? Movies reviews have, 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 have been around for... You know, a little past that, from the 30s, right? They've been around for a long time. When we look at movie reviews, yeah, there are certain outlets that want to infuse their kind of high-minded thought process into that review. Like, oh, this movie is, you know, like there's a movie, uh, Fellini, uh, Eight and a Half. It's a very artistic art house film. Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a film about making movies. It, it, it's one of those. It's one of those movies. It's a movie within a movie with t- type of shit. So there are definitely that highfalutin type stuff out there, and there's people who uh, who review movies in that way. But I think that when you look at basic movie reviews, uh, there's like a standard affair. Uh, there's specific categories. Some some may hold the screenplay higher than acting, or acting yeah, might yeah. be hold in, in screenplay, right? Uh, but they all have ultimately what they get behind is the uh, the execution of an idea of a movie. So I brought up to you the movie A Star Is Born, right, which just came out a couple of years ago with uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Uh, that movie's been made two times before. Okay, it's a remake of a remake, but it's Oscar nominated. I think it won a few Oscars as well. It's because it's not about the idea of a game or idea of a movie right it's the execution of the idea a lot of ideas a lot of these movies how many taken sequels have we seen <laughs> or taken yeah. likes have we seen right yeah my issue coming down with video games is that they like to focus it's 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 so weird to me because um they like to focus on one game on a game that doesn't do what other games do right mm-hmm. and it's for me it's weird because nobody's gonna go out there and compare army of the dead with Raging Bull. Nobody's going to review Army of the Dead and be like, I like Army of the Dead. Uh, it's apples and oranges. It's apples right. oranges. It's not, it's not, uh, it's no uh, Raging Bull. It's like, I hate zombies, I love boxing. It doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. what you, it, it's about the movie itself. So, yeah. when you look at uh, a game itself, and, and one of the games that I, I, we'll talk about here on, in my loadout is Biomutant. Mm-hmm. A lot of the reviews in Biomutant were about, hey, 
This game has triple A ideas, but it's still Breath of the Wild. That's like, all right. But it's it's in the same genre, sure, right? Open world kind of uh, a game. But at the end of the day, nobody really reviewed that game for what it was. Okay. Now, when you look at an indie film and you review indie film as a movie cr- critic, you review indie film, you're not going to be like, I like the indie film. It was good. It just didn't have as many special effects as Transformers. You know, it's like what? <laughs> that's silly. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I, I get silly, it. It's conceptually a silly yeah. uh, idea to get behind. So, when, when you look at a game like Biomutant and you look at reviews and reviews talk about, hey, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this. Very rarely does, did a review talk about what the game is. Now, I played Biomutant, and I can tell you upfront right here, Biomutant is not a great game, okay? Because of what, of the execution of ideas in which it has. Yes, sure, it might have overdone or, or, or done too much right sure but nobody talks about uh, no, some have but not a lot of reviews talk about specific things about what the game does great it's just comparison comparison compa- it's, it's it's there's no real idea or opinion behind the review it's more or less like i kind of like a backseat developing i wish this game did this 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 and this better because this 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 game did better did that better it's like nobody really uh reviews a lot of games on the merits of what the game is itself it just really it just seems like uh almost like they're trying to uh, i'll explain it this way when you write a review and it gets on the internet you want to almost talk about things that people, hey, you know Breath of the Wild? Oh, yeah, I know Breath of the Wild. So when you look at these games and you look at the, the descriptor of, of some of these games, it's kind of insane where it's like, hey, this game is basically, uh, what was the thing they, they called this game? Um, I'm trying to remember. Who was that? Oh, sorry. Hey, hey, just. In, in general, general media? consensus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Zelda, Shadow of Mordor. And uh, like, they're, they, they kind of put this game in a category of other games that it really doesn't belong in because it is in itself an indie game, indie developed game, but nobody, it, nobody talks about it in that way. When I say nobody, I'm talking in really general mm-hmm. terms yeah, yeah, because the big companies who gave it a six or seven, and that's another thing. When you look at scores, a six, a five, six, or seven, what does that mean in a, in a 10, like a, a 10 point scale? What is that six to seven? It doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. Anything under a eight is basically trash, according to, to, well, to, to some. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, in terms of like the, what people think, right? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, perception, yeah. So what you have to do when you write these reviews is you have to really talk about the game and what it's trying to do. Why this game doesn't work in this way? Why it doesn't work in that way? But they never really do that anymore. It's always comparison. It's always, this game is not a Mass Effect game. This game, it's, it's just such a weird way of critiquing things. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of, um, and I've noticed it too, and, and, and I think I've told you, you know, on a couple occasions, I don't really, um, I, there's never been a time when I have been less interested in, in, in reviews. I, I think there's one or two people that I am curious to hear their thoughts about a game, but even then, I am more likely than ever to formulate my own opinion about games yeah. now because, because of that very reason. Because I think that reviews have gotten worse over the years, where in the past... You could tell that there was a, I don't want to say a template, but there was a formula to reviewing a video game for what it was, right? Uh, and, and this was, you know, and I think, you know, the internet and social media and just that that train of thought that comes with that, those two, those realms is, is, is a part of it now. But in the past, you know, these outlets would just get a review copy of a game, not really know a lot about the game. 
other than maybe a preview build they, they might have had a chance to see and wrote a magazine article about. I'm talking kind of you know yeah. back in the day, and 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 just review what they see. There was no comparison charts, and so but now I think you know reviewers in, in a lot of these outlets have gotten I guess more juvenile in the sense of like they they don't know how to just look at a game for what it is because they're they're listening to what a lot of fans are saying, oh, it's inspired by this, well, it looks, kind of looks like that. And so I think they kind of subconsciously take all that with them and bring it into their review Yeah. because they heard somebody say, well, it looks kind of like a Zelda Breath of the Wild thing. Yeah. And so they start reviewing the game almost subconsciously like it's a, like it's a Zelda game. Well, where is this? Well, how come it doesn't have that? Right. And the game was never trying to have those elements. So I just think it, it, it sets and a bad if, precedent. And, if, and then if a game does have it, then they're like, oh, they're just ripping yeah, off of this. Of course. The thing is, back, like you said, back in the day, people were very specific. There, there was a template. Graphics. Yes. Gameplay. Sound. sound uh, replayability. Fun factor. Yeah, fun factor. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I think now people review people review games, look, up, look at that as quite... Uh, Almost childish, uh, almost like this doesn't really tell you something about the game. It's like no, you're right, it, but it does tell you the, the what the medium is because people exactly. have to understand there. It's an interactive medium. Mm-hmm. It's a visual. It, it, you know, if if you saw a a movie it's CGI heavy and it had horrible CGI, what's the thing you'll be talking about the most? Mm-hmm. It's the horrible CGI. Right, right. So if, if if a game has terrible graphics. Talking about graphical, the graphical game, the, the graphical output of the game is it childish? Just because the the story of the game is wonderful and, and well written, that's awesome. But that's also a part of it. And that's when mm-hmm. you come in with as a as someone who criticizes the game. What do you weigh more? Exactly. Right. But that that's I don't care about graphics. I care about story. So in my review, I completely take out graphical. Conversation, conversation, anything having to do with with resolution, resolution and at times even shit on 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 people who think that this game. I, I've seen reviews for games like, oh, but doesn't run, it runs subpar thirty, but that's the game is not. That's not what the game is about. It's not a graphic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This game isn't about graphics. It's about the story about this and that. And it's like I get it, but I am also playing this game in an interactive medium, and I need it for me. It needs to run. Pretty decently, mm-hmm. right? But there, there are, there are games that, that completely uh, run like complete shit, but are praised to death because of the story that they're trying to. And again, everybody weighs stuff differently, of course, and that's fine. But you can't completely, you can't say graphics. I weigh zero percent because I'm not a graphics person. But it doesn't matter, right? It's interactive. Yeah, it's interactive media. You have to. There has to be something in there, and I feel like uh, reviews and some, some do do well. Um, uh, ACG from YouTube, like he, he's still. He still pretty much he he he'll implement his ideas and, and what he likes about a game. Sure. He'll still talk about hey graphic sound all that stuff because that's important. Of course, yeah. you know, uh, and it's like you read a lot of reviews and, and I hate it because I, I I read Polygon, I read Kotaku, I think they they do good work at times. Sometimes they don't go far. Yeah, yeah. But when you read the review, it's kind of like there's like two and a half paragraphs about crunch in the studio, which again. It's, it's important, important to bring that to light. Yeah, but it's not a part of a video game review. Right. It's and, not. And, and, and people, you know, and I think that's a controversial, it's funny because I agree with you, and I think that's a controversial statement. Well, you have to get, the thing is this, is I, I, there are many, many films that I love, that I know, and I've read books on that have horrible production. Horrible production. 
nobody talks about the production. Sure, it's, it's, sure, it's a cool Hollywood story later, but nobody goes into a movie real. Yeah, but you know, Christian Bale did scream at that one guy. So two out of five stars. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna bomb the movie because yeah. of something else. Yeah, it's super. It's funny because a lot of reviews and, and outlets they criticize that 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 size that the side of Twitter, right, right. who's misogynistic, and they should be criticized. Of course, piece of shit. Yeah. but when you go into their game, it's the they are almost. At times, almost completely shitting on the artistic kind of development of a developer yeah. uh, for the sake of a wider story in its uh, encompassing, like, the studio culture and, right. and crunch. And a lot of stuff, it just gets so convoluted into a review where you read a review and you're like, I still don't know what this game is. Let, let, me, let me jump in for a second because I, yeah. I, think, I think part of it is... Okay, let's, let's just strip it down to, to its basic... What is the objective of a video game review? It is to inform the gamer about the ins and outs of the game so that they can make an informed decision yeah. on whether or not to purchase this game or not, right? Well, um, you would think, but some people don't get it. Right, so, so here's the thing. I think that the objective of a video game review is lost on most video game outlets now, and reviews have become thought pieces. Yep, They've become opinion pieces where... We're not here to talk about the game's ins and outs. We're here to talk about everything around the game. Uh, probably the best example is probably Cyberpunk. Yeah. Because there was so much going on with the development crunch and, of course, like the transphobic stuff that people talked about that the, it just ballooned into, you know, a, a, almost like a checkbox of we can't just talk about the game because then it makes us look like we're, we're, we're you know, Casting a blind eye or, or turning yeah. our, our backs on on some of these these big issues, so we have to make mention of it to appease a certain reader that wants to see that stuff accounted for in our review. Where it, you know, again, as you said, those things are important to mention, and they are problems, yeah, industry wide, I would say almost. But that's not the objective of a video game review. When somebody walks into a GameStop, Walmart, wherever. And they're looking at a shelf of games and making a decision. Can they? Can they? Can they trust that your review about that game that they're considering buying is going to give them the best information possible to make a decision to take that to the checkout line or not? That's what this is all about. And so it's just become lost on people. And that's why I'm not a big fan of like. I I I grew up. You know, I studied journalism, and I was almost going to do this for a living. In terms of like reviewing video games, and and one thing that I was always taught was you take yourself out of the equation. Yeah, you take you. It's not about you. You don't say I. You don't say me. You don't you don't make any mention of your opinions. You talk about what the players should expect, or you know, in, in whatever it's a movie, then what the watcher should expect. You know, you you take yourself out of the equation, and a lot of people don't know how to do that now. Yeah, it becomes about them, and and you know that works for some people because it gets them some notoriety. It works against some people because right. you give a game a low score and you're the only one that did, and then people hate you, which yeah, we've yeah, seen yeah. happen too. So it, it's a double-edged sword. Um, there, there's people on YouTube whose entire kind of following is based on them shitting on everything. There's this guy that I absolutely I I know it's an act, but I hate him. And, and every, every his all his reviews of every single game is do not buy and then insert game, and then he goes in and he talks about the entire game, how it's trash, how it's this, and it's very tongue in cheek. Of course, it is. and then when a game gets terrible reviews, the video is why I like 
contrarian. And it's, and, and it's almost, and I always, and maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe this is satire to the point where like he's, it's a, it's a, it's a criticism of the industry. I just think he's trying to give views. Um, yeah, of course. But that example of that just shows what the industry has become in that sense. And it's because, like you said, you you are uh, uh, we're close to the same age, and a lot of the reviewers are are are, are in that kind of that uh, you know age frame, and they have Twitter, they have social media, and they have to stand out. Yeah. Also, and this is just this just goes for everything, and not just video games, especially reviewers. They just they need to be they need to come across as smart people. Mm-hmm. They have they just it's just like something within them. It's, I don't know what it is. A chip chip on a soldier because maybe it's video games and maybe they've been told by their parents or whatever mm-hmm. that that's not a business. I, I get it. I and believe me, I understand that. Uh, but it's like like the the old adage about a video uh, movie reviews that every video every movie reviewer wants to be a a, a, a director right mm-hmm. or a screenwriter mm-hmm. like that, that's kind of like the whole adage they couldn't cut they couldn't cut yeah, it there yeah. so that, now they're shooting everybody else yeah book. that's like the the old adage and I, and I think video games uh, suffers from because it's so hard to make games that I, it's very rare do you find somebody who from the inception now more but us in our age like I don't really know a lot of people who's like oh I want to make video games like because they don't it was hard to like comprehend what that was mm-hmm. uh, and journalism was actually the way in like right. I know a lot of people you yourself I wanted to do it I know a lot of people I know more people who want to review games yeah and that's because either a, a stupid childish kind of mindset of I get to play games early or anything like that but right. it just it, it evolved into this weird thing where Everybody has to stand out, and not only stand out, but they have to be intellectuals about it. And that's fine because I've read some really smart pieces about games, but they don't all have to be reviews. I mean, like yeah. even Kotaku and even IGN at times, they they after a review comes out, they have an opinion piece, and 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 and, and they talk about all those things that, and that's good. I, I like that's good. It's good information. But man, it just got to it gets to a point, and I think Biomutant for me was kind of like one of those games where I played it. And I'm like, there's plenty to be critical of. But nobody really talked about that, uh-huh. you know. There's some that that, that kind of touched upon it, but it was like this game was only made by 20 people, sure. But it's not this, 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 this. And again, 20 people development is not an excuse to to give. Exactly. You're not going to grade them exactly. on, a, on a curve, yeah. but you're going to judge them on the execution of their ideas, mm-hmm. not the execution of their ideas based on other games that you you as a uh, game critic didn't think that they accomplished. Yeah, you don't know what they were trying to do specifically. Yeah, I think yeah. one thing I will say though, and you kind of alluded to it just a second ago, I do think that some developers and publishers play a part in this too. Yeah, because in the case of Biomutant specifically, why do we? Why does it seem like everybody knows this this team is so small? How did that happen? Oh, they they they, they, they talked. They about made it. sure that everybody knew that they were the little studio that could, and maybe that and maybe that should have been signed. Right. For, uh, so now you want you know, and again, it's all very subliminal, but there's there's an intention behind that. Of listen, we want you to kind of play with the curve a little bit on uh, <laughs> on, uh, on on this game because we want you to look at this from a perspective of. For 20 people, this is pretty impressive. So we want you to kind of grade maybe this game a little bit differently than you would a regular game. So I think it's a two-way street where, yes, reviewers themselves have a lot of, of shit to work on. But, you know, the, the the industry is not exactly faultless either. There's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure 
that I'm sure gets placed on on these, uh, you know, especially YouTubers specifically, because you know we've we've heard, you know, oh, I don't get review copies from this publisher anymore. Yeah. Oh, they they stop sending me, you know, builds of games, or I don't get to do this anymore. And so there's a lot of that give and take of like, oh, well, if you don't play by our rule book, you're gonna lose access and uh, and visibility. You know. But not only that though, the Biomutant guys. And this is another thing where you have to kind of separate the developer, what they're saying in your reviews, because the, the, they're at fault too. I think the BioViewing guy said that this game is Far Cry, Mad yeah, Max, one of the, Monster Hunter, yeah. and Fall. They even compared their own stuff to Fallout. One of the yeah, one of their one of their uh, trailers or not trailers, but it was like a walkthrough thing. It was like six minutes, and they were very honest. They're like, "Yeah, this is a little bit of Breath of the Wild. It's got some," and they were like directly mentioning names of games that they were influenced by. You know, so yeah, that's that's great. You know, but now you open a can of worms almost. Yeah, you know? yeah. So which I think which brings me right into our loadout. Yeah, and if you let me, you, I'm gonna go and go on and buy talk about it. Yeah. So look, uh, Biomune is a game that's been in development for a long time. How many years was it? Like five years? I think it was like a, I think 2016. Yeah, I think they talked about yeah. it. And from the, I think earlier this year we talked about our uh, like our dark horse, mm-hmm. and that was this my was dark the one, horse. yeah, yeah, because it, it looked interesting, right? And not only that, um, graphically, even then, I was like, oh, this game is impressive, and the gameplay right? looked, oh, the combat looked pretty yeah. interesting too, yeah. yeah. And so it's like if they can nail, you know, nail this down, it's going to be good. Yeah. The, pro- the issue that I had. I hope they're not overly ambitious because they talked about Breath of the Wild and other not yeah Breath of the Wild and they talked about open world. This game, this map, okay, guys, this map is massive, and there's nothing to do in a lot of it. Okay, um, the, the one problem that this game kind of falls into is that the game has too much going on. It has like three facets. It has the tribe war where there's uh, six tribes. Uh, you have to pick one. To, to kind oh, of carry yeah, you through, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, you could either help all of them and unite them, or you could pick one and destroy them all of them to purge the world uh, and restart. Uh, and then um, a lot of that, a lot of those tribes, they, they kind of work like Far Cry, a little like um, like the like the campsites mm-hmm. where you go in there, you infiltrate. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is there's no there's one way of doing it. There's just one way of going into those campsites. And, and completing it, you can't do, you can't sneak unless it, 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 it's that part of the, of the thing. And and, and 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 there's so much of it that when you go into those campsites, there's just a lot of sections that are so empty, and, and it just feels just like, like Breath of the Wild, <laughs> right? But I'm just, I'm just bullshit. No, but you're, you're you're right though. But you're right. But the the, the, the there's no um in Breath of the Wild. There's there's a maybe it's a cheat. Like, well, yeah, kind of like, the, the, like the got like a like a Batman yeah, Origins yeah, yeah. where it's like it's Christmas, everybody's inside, right? <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, but this game does this game talks this game wants to be like this world is filled right. with, with yeah. the critters and all that stuff. And so I'll start like this. First of all, you create a character is awesome. It looked cool. It's I can't really lie. really cool. Yeah. You pick from six different kind of uh, species. Yeah. Uh, and then from that point, you pick uh, kind of like, hey, are they going to be uh, agile, strong? It's like a, it's a, it's like a circle, this thing in the middle, yeah, yeah. and you move it toward and that. And it changes and their shape. And it changes their shape, right? Yeah. right? If you're strong, then they get like a stronger half. Right. If they're smart, their head gets bigger. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> and, then, and then you change their, 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 their colors, which doesn't matter because you get a lot of gear, which covers, covers all that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but 
uh, uh, all that stuff is really cool. Mm -hmm. And then you have all the classes that you pick, and then a lot of the stuff is you know Gunslinger, which is what I picked. I picked the Gunslinger, which has this really cool Gears of War esque thing where you do a, a fast reload for your gun uh, at the one of the the perks, just a whole bunch of perks. And then you know. There's something, there's something happening in the world. There's there's like a disease or or, or, or something that's spreading, and you have to uh, either curate or, or or eliminate the entire world or or cure the entire world. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It, it just it just feels very grandiose. Like, but it does never feels that way when you play. When the action part of it, when you're fighting, it feels okay. It feels good. There's just one thing that that I hate. There's no it, there's no impactfulness to. To, to like when you hit somebody like you hit somebody like there's not you, you know you're hitting him you got your point system that goes in terms of like how much damage you did but there's there's no feedback it's like a weird kind of and I and I think that has to do a lot with like detection uh like a physical like physics detect detection or something okay. where it's not great and so I, I don't think that they put a tactile kind of feeling to the to, to the to the hits because their detection is really off. It's really bad. Is that why they did like the comic book like thunk and yeah, doing yeah, stuff yeah. to kind of make like it a, feel like you're you're making contact? I think so. I think when you do a big hit and like almost like a, almost you're about to finish them, there's like a swap or something yeah, like yeah, yeah. that. And and, and and that does you see that come across and you're like oh there's no that sound that kind of visual cue does nothing. Yeah, sound wise or you know, vibration wise. Also, also the sound of this game doesn't sound great. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, yeah, it sounds very well. Really weird. Yeah, the mixing is is, is really weird. And um, I would say that uh, because there's no tactical feedback in a lot of ways, there's this super weird kind of you have to be accurate with your like uh parries and you have to be accurate with kind of your dash moves. Mm -hmm. And there's no real indication of that. Like you do it and it. You don't know if they hit you. You can tell by your life bar that went down or didn't go down. If you parried correctly or if you got out the way. Because sometimes I felt like I got out the way and I still get hit, you know. Oh. Yeah. And it's weird because it's a game It's a game that really emphasizes combat, obviously. right? It's all about the combat. Um, and I really, really wish that this, what they did with Biomutant was strip it down. Mm -hmm. strip it down yeah you can keep the open world as big as it is fine whatever it doesn't matter you can you know that, that's neither here nor there just strip it down to and I wish they would have focused on the combat made it because that really one of the things uh, Phoenix uh Immortals Phoenix Rising. If, if Immortals mm -hmm. Phoenix Rising, that's a stripped down version of all the all, all the Assassin's Creed games. Right? Yeah, it's stripped down to almost its bare minimum, and they got the combat. Right. Of course, the combat was feels really good, very smooth. Biomutant almost did the opposite. Where let's say, of course, this games were probably developed at the same time, if not, you know, I guess longer. Biomutant, yeah. 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 Um, it 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 it's twenty people, twenty people on the team. They they said it. They spread themselves so thin. Yeah. That the essentials like, hey, combat, all that stuff, it, it's good, it looks awesome, but there's something that's missing. And that I think that goes with time and, and, and years of really trying to perfect something. And I feel that they never really try to perfect anything. Yeah. Uh, and they try to be like, more, more, 
more. Yeah. And maybe because they're, that's kind of like where games are now. Hey, longer, 30, 50, 60 hour experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, collect, 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 collect. Yeah. Um, and that's probably where they're at. And I'm sure they're a small studio trying to make it big. Like, we want to make a, 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 a game that's going to hit hard. That way we're able to make more games. Yes. Right? Instead of making a small game that's awesome but forgettable, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or it's not as impactful. And, and I, and I know that there was that weird balance there, but they didn't nail it. Um, I am not done with the game because I haven't given it complete fair, uh, fair shake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mass, Mass Effect uh, as throwing a big wrench, as we all knew since it was announced it was going to happen. Oh, man. The idiocy of us just kind of, of me specifically thinking, no, I'm going to play this, this, and this. And this. I, I, I told Marco, hey, I'm going to finish um, <laughs> Resident Evil. I knew Evil. he was full of shit. I am going to finish it, though. I promise. I, I promise because we're going to do the spoiler cast. And I promise I'm going to finish it. But my, 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 my idiocy was the fact that I thought that I was going to play Mass Effect 1. Stop. Finish Resident Evil, but no, but no I, was I was just like, I'm gonna finish Resident Evil One, and then I'm gonna do some. I'm just gonna create my character real quick, you know, just real quick, create my character. That's all I'm gonna do, and no, I just, I just kept playing, and then MLB the show is still kind of, uh, it's, it's still there. Next episode's booty juice is gonna be your playing habits. <laughs> no, but hundred percent. The thing is, the thing is, I have terrible playing habits, right? But this isn't that. This isn't that because I'm actually focused on a game, which is not something that I do often. Sure, it's a game okay. that I played before many, many times, mm-hmm. but you know, still. But anyway, that 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 that's where I'm at with Biomune. I am going to definitely play more if okay. it gets better, or if it's something that I'm willing to 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 kind of. If, there, if the game does something very well, where I'm able to keep playing it based on that, I'll come back and we'll talk about it. And if I never mention the game again, it's because it. I just I never really. It was. It's really got. Good. It's got Game yeah. Pass written all over it. I'll wait. Yeah. I'll wait. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I. 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 I don't know if this game. I think this game is going to be one of those games that completely just gets lost. I think so. Into the oblivion, yeah. unfortunately. I would be surprised if they do a sequel to it, to be honest. But you know. it just depends what they make. Because I know. I know that. Um, I think it, it. It's. It's so decent. Yeah, I think it probably sold decent because there's not a lot out right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, other than Mass Effect. Yeah, course, yeah. I think it's so decent. Um, I think the hype yeah. of the game, um, because a lot of people were really looking forward to it. It's just it didn't execute. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. What we did execute and what has continued to execute is Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, you should do Jade Empire first. Why do Jade Empire? Yeah, because all right, we both got we both got uh, Legendary let's talk about, Edition. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about let's talk about our girl Jade. Um, so, you know, as I was playing through Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I, you know, and I think a lot of people did this too. You know, you're going back down memory lane, one of Bioware's all-time greatest, you know, franchises, obviously, with Mass Effect. You're thinking, damn, you know, I, man, I miss Bioware, you know, just the Bioware of old. And I went back and, um, you know, I re-downloaded, again, like I said in the last episode, it's one of my weird quirks of, like, re-downloading everything for no reason. Um, I re-downloaded both the KOTORs that I bought, um, and I also re-downloaded Jade Empire, which I hadn't, I hadn't actually re-downloaded that for, for ever, um, to the point where I didn't even know if I owned the game. Um, so I, I, I re-downloaded it and, uh, I decided to go ahead and fire it up and try it out because it's, you know, it was a little bit, uh, it, it, they did some optimization things for the game so that it's a little bit more crisp looking and clear looking on, uh, it was m- mainly for 1X at the time. Uh, but now we have the HD uh, uh, auto HDR, so it adds a little bit of that extra 
uh, color vibrance to uh, to the game too. So I'm like, all right, this is as good a time as any. While I'm in this Bioware mood, let me go back and take a look at this game. And for those of you who haven't played it, it was um it was a it was a, their their follow up right after they created Knights of the Old Republic on on the original Xbox. So I don't remember what year it came out specifically. Um, I think but, it came out. Uh, 2005. 2005? Uh, okay, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, so 2005 it came out. Whoa. Um, 2005, and two years later, Mass Effect was that. Son. Um, so that's where I was going to get to. Um, going back to Jade Empire, and look, you know, old games are old games, and obviously they're not going to be as smooth, they're not going to look as good, they're not going to play as good. Um, you know, a lot of people, as as years have gone by, have, have hearkened back to Jade Empire as this oft forgotten lost gem lost gem that man why didn't bioware ever make a sequel to that game why didn't bioware uh you know expand on that universe they had such a cool thing going for them and i have to be honest i you know i i played jade empire when it first came out i beat it and i found it even at the time it, it was an enjoyable game i remember it was a very good experience it was very solid there was no real huge issues i had with the game uh, other than some like control quirks, because it was taking some of the RPG pick and action to yeah. something more real time, right? So it was it was trying to be more of an action RPG in in the truest uh, sense of it at that point, you know. And it was quirky, but it it, it worked. The plot was okay. The the, sto- the the twist in the in the story was very predictable. I remember the cutscenes being bad even then. They were pretty bad. Yeah, they were pretty bad. Um, a, a lot of the. The, you know, I'll just say you know, is, is an umbrella term, like, you know, a lot of the Asian representation was, was very, um, you know, I wouldn't say it was bad or cringy or anything, but it was just very basic. Uh, you know, it, it felt like, oh, it's just trying to be you know, this, this martial arts flick and it has, it checks all the boxes, it has every, every type of person you would expect to find in a, in a story like this. Um, the sensei becomes the bad guy type of, you know, weird, you know, uh, twist of sorts so you know i appreciated it for what it was but i thought that kotor was leaps and bounds better than what that game was um and going back to it now i i have to say i think all this the this like lost gem hidden gem forgotten classic stuff that people say about it i think is largely overblown yeah i think it's a fine game but um you know, it, it's just not that fun to go back to. It doesn't really like I played about maybe I want to say two hours of it, give or take, uh, to just get through kind of the intro portion of the game, get the, the the vibe and feel back. And I will say for its time, you know, in terms of presentation, the the, the music of the game, and of course, the, like you know, the voice acting. Bioware at that time was always very good at voice acting. Uh, they did they did a pretty fine job, but I just found the the gameplay to be very uh twitchy and ugly looking and and, and kind of stilted and it just never really felt right um you know the, the overall plot felt very sleepy and dull and drab and so i can kind of see looking back on it now you know playing it again why there was never a sequel to it it just felt very um i don't want to say like it was phoned in because you could really tell they were trying hard to make this game a thing um but it just didn't really have anything exciting going on about it it was a very sleepy kind of ho-hum you know the village has been attacked you know it's like how many times have we seen this and you know bioware is better than that they they know how to create something really really special and not just go "Oh, our village is overrun by bandits um you know here take this lance and, and and make them dance like 
you know, it, it just it just seemed very, very pedestrian to me compared to what else they've done. So I'm not one of those Jade Empire people, personally. I don't know what you have to say about it, but, you know. It's just, I, mean, I remember when they talked about Jade Empire, they almost were talking about it as, not the first, but one of the, one of the games that was an RPG specifically made for consoles. Because a lot of the times, um, you had RPGs that were PC games, you know, even like Kotar, you know. Yeah. And I remember, matter of fact, we talked about it before the, we started recording. I'm like, oh, did I play it? And then I had to kind of look at it. I'm like, yeah, I played this game. And it was kind of like, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't remember it fondly. Um, I, I don't know. I, I can't think of what made me not continue playing it. Um, but... I do remember things about it. Like I remember that the it was the cutscenes were were particularly terrible. Yeah. Um. I do remember that the fighting. I don't. There, there wasn't a lot of like deep customization customization that you could actually do. It was there was some stuff, yeah. but it was more like fighting styles. Yeah. You can have. And there wasn't a lot of like in depth like. Uh, there was dialogue options for sure. But oh yeah. There wasn't yeah. anything yeah. where it felt like Kotor level. Not, Not to me. Yeah, no, no. it didn't feel like there was as much at stake. Yeah, with your decisions, like there wasn't, like there right. wasn't Kotor. It just felt like, oh, I'm just going to be a, a shithead, or I'm going to be a nice, yeah, and I guess know, open I, palm person. Yeah, open or close palm. <laughs> I always just kind of took people's word for it when they talked about the game being a, a lost gem. But I, there's like genuinely no time that I can tell tell you that I I, I can I've ever thought about that game. Yeah, you know, um, uh, I know that when you look at Bioware's games, uh, that's probably bottom mm. of the uh, 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 of the ladder in terms of like in that time because yeah. like we just said it two years later Mass Effect kicks off which yeah. is I mean leaps and bounds better than this game completely Compl I mean, that, yeah. that's not fair to say but it is what it is right Take yeah. so yeah I, 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 I've never had any kind of fondness for the game itself I never, there's nothing really that can stand out to me about the game mm -hmm. and, and, and for a, a time in my life where it Video games are shaping the kind of video game, uh, mm -hmm. person, you know, fan that I am. It's weird to say that Jade Empire did nothing for me uh, yeah. in that way because you know. But, but yeah, I, yeah. There's not much for me to say about the game because I honestly was, yeah. You know, I just think it's an okay ass game. And I, th and IGN, I think IGN don't give it a ten or something. It was yeah. They something. went ham over that game, which I was like, okay. I mean, I had a good time with it. It was fine enough, but I'm like, damn, this isn't that at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Mass Effect. As we as we just said, is is all the things, all the things, all the things. Um, so we mentioned it, you know, in our last episode, and I think at, when when that came out, we had just started playing. I think it came out like the day before we recorded. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we have both put in insane hours. I put in a little bit. Uh, well, actually, a lot, probably a lot, more, a lot more than you. You you finished um, the first and second game, right? Yeah, I'm on Mass Effect Three. I'm probably about like halfway through three right now. Okay. Um, and, and so, you know, I'll kick it off to you first. Kind of like, you know, talk about where you're, you're at in the, in, in the trilogy so far and yeah. how you're feeling. Well, I mean, I, I, I've always uh, played it with uh, Male Shepherd, and I've rolled female characters before. Never really gotten into it too much. And now I'm playing all uh, Fem Shep uh, all the way. And I can tell you right now, um, it is a, especially in Mass Effect 1, it is a, it is night and day. Uh, yes. In terms of the the voice acting, like it is literally, like, I don't even understand why they even gave you the option to play the male shepherd. I, it doesn't feel right after. Yeah, yeah. because she, her 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 just her performance in that game really. There's when you play the male uh, male shepherd, it's all monotone yeah. with 
when he when you did anything renegade with volume, he got a little louder, right? Yeah, uh, it made a mean like it made a mean scrunchy face. face. With her, yeah. it, it, there's no, there's it's not monotone at all. It, it feels like a flowing conversation. Exactly. And and, and when it goes renegade, there, there's uh, especially in Mass Effect One when you, you you're talking to somebody. Uh, for example, the the drug addict in, in yeah. Mass Effect One. Um, there's a uh, there's there's a genuine concern when you're going. Uh, you can feel, yeah. yeah you when you're going that. Paragon, there's a genuine concern there. She's like, hey man, this isn't you. Like you're, like you're really, uh, you know, yeah. You're, you're, what you're doing is shameful. You're putting, you know, your your whatever your your profession to shame. Blah blah blah. You felt that it wasn't. Nah, 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 nah. It yeah. was like you know, <laughs> and 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 then you know, going into the whole like, uh, you know, when you become uh, when you're talking to the console. Uh, um, all that just there was there was an emotional resonance it gives that it never, a different yeah, yeah that yeah. didn't exist when I played it originally yeah. and also uh, when I played it originally I did the the weird thing uh, where I not the weird thing I think a lot of people did this where it was I was really balanced in my renegade paragon uh-huh. like I went like by the end of the game I was maybe a little more paragon than renegade but I was kind of mm-hmm. like you know I did a lot of this one I went straight up paragon. Uh, and you know I, I I I got to do the 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 kill himself yeah. spoiler, uh, instead of fighting him you know like that kind of stuff where i've never had got the opportunity to do that because uh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was you know i was i hadn't i didn't have, I didn't have enough of the the paragon uh level to do it but you know little things like that where that i'm doing different oh it's almost opening the game up uh, almost open the game up to me like almost to be a new experience plus the game looks great uh yeah it, it's still an older game but you know we talk, we just talked about gen empire being a game that came out two years before that this game it did this game does not. This game does not look bad in any way, shape. Oh before. no! Does no. it look dated? Yeah, sure, a little bit. Yeah, more so, so one because of the yeah, level more so design one for sure. Yeah. Um, but man, it, and it and really what this kind of does for me, it like it just blows my mind that this game came out in two thousand and seven. Man. And it was basically this game. Um, now, what Legendary Edition did with one that really just kind of put it on the top for me is have that legendary mode with the uh with the xp yep because i mean you know now now instead of like focusing on one weapon you, you can, can do whatever you want. yeah yeah using sniper rifles in mass effect one original oh, was absolutely horrendous it was horrible there was like you would aim like ish around mm-hmm. the guy just and it would hit him or not depending on your level now it it, it definitely felt um felt good to do that one of the things that i always thought was kind of funny and now that i'm playing i'm like they were they were right to do this for two is that everybody goes well i like mass effect one because it was more rpg yeah, yeah. sure it just wasn't for me as is the original not the legendary it wasn't very it wasn't great no no too much stuff going a lot on. of it was yeah completely non-essential it was just a lot of item clunk after a while yeah. of like okay it's yeah. got another new armor I can't wear it. Nobody in my party can wear it. Yeah. Great. You know, it just became a lot of that after a while. Yeah. And then it's like the weapons is like, hey, uh, you got uh, Avenger one, two, three, four, yeah. five, six. And it's like Bruh. the increments in terms of like your, uh, uh, of your uh, level was, wasn't great. And then sometimes it was, yeah. it was like good, but it's like, I kind of want the reload aspect to be quicker, but it's, you cannot have this because it's like 320 damage compared to 200 damage. Yeah. So it was one of it wasn't very flexible in that way where you couldn't upgrade a specific gun. You just had to get the next best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this game suffers from that still. Uh, but 
you know, now you can, you know, if you have a great sniper rifle, you can use that now, uh, you know, and, and you get so much XP, like, I was leveled up like a motherfucker. I, I had this one gun that I was just, too, it was a rifle, it was like a, it wasn't a burst, it was like a, a single shot rifle, uh, assault rifle, oh, I was, headshots, it was just easy peasy, mm-hmm. and, and, and honestly, replaying a game that I played before, and, and kind of going through it that way, and having that game not being the best in terms of combat, but all being about the conversations of you yeah. have and the political intrigue and all that, I'm really happy that I was able to just, in combat, go through it like nothing. Fuck y'all, everybody. Shoot everybody yep, in the face. Plow, 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 plow. And then, uh, you know, get into the next part where I, where, where I got to talk, uh, you know, wax uh, philosophical with uh, Garris or, or, or yep, uh, yep. Anderson or, or whoever. Um, and it was, it's really just, um, it, it really was like, when I played it, when I first played it, until it was the formidable experience, and I this was almost as much as that in terms of mm-hmm. like, oh my god, I this game is exactly how I remember it, but it had those small improvements that really took it to that next level. Yeah. Uh, and then when I boot up two, like that opening sequence still blew me. Come away. on, like still blew me the fuck away. I'm like, are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Like this is mm-hmm. absolutely outstanding. Like the way they did that, and uh, you know, there's something to be said about games who uh, a sequel comes out and it restarts. Take strips you from everything. You're like, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. But the way they did it, um, yeah, the Cerberus thing where you're kind of like they're rebuilding you. Rebuilding, that's that's yeah. kind of out of nowhere, right? But who cares, man? Because it really got to you. Got to keep all the progress and the essence of your character. Yep. And then you got to because they knew that you, they they improved on the uh, on the uh, on the powers and uh, what do they call yeah. the um. The biotic, biotic powers and tech powers, yeah. yeah, all that stuff improved upon. So, they, hey, you got if you want to try that, go ahead and do that. Now, I always play a biotic. I was gonna ask you, what, what do you pick? I, I always play biotic. Mm. This time, I'm not playing biotic. I'm playing straight up uh, uh, soldier, okay. which I've never done. I went sentinel, this and, time. and I kind of miss the, the the pull and the shooting thing. Yeah, but I also don't because they have that slow adrenaline uh, yep. resting, yep. and I, I'm just kind of like beefing up my weapons and yeah. I'm just going in and now when I now when I upgrade I don't have to worry about upgrading the Omni tool I'm just upgrading the the, the yep. I got the collector assault rifle where I've made the shit out of it yeah, yeah, I'm blowing yeah. people away because that's all and it's like a more focused thing and I'm really enjoying that yeah uh, but no man I, it, the, the emotional resonance of that game too and it, it's just and still there mm-hmm. I played the DLCs when they came out after the fact right now I'm playing them as I go right you know, mm-hmm. you play DLC with the um, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, talking about Mass Effect Two. Yeah, Mass Effect Two with the new characters. Anyway, case in point, go back, played a little bit of the of the uh, of the DLC when it first came, when it first came out. Uh, obviously, the big one, the uh, the layer of the oh, the Shadow Broker, Shadow Broker. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that that I played through that. But playing with all the new characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asumi and the other dude I forget. Zayn. Yeah, that's cool as hell because it's it's bringing this new uh, this newness to yep. the game yep. that I didn't experience before. Now these characters aren't very fully uh, realized. I don't really like any of them. The DLC characters. The DLC yeah. characters. I really don't mm-hmm. like any of them. And every time I get one of my new guys, I'm you know one of my old guys. And right. I'm like, that's right back up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and obviously the Mass Effect two characters like Thane and and, and um, Jack. Jack. Grunt. All those are fantastic characters yeah. uh, that 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 still, you know, stand the test of time. And like you said, all bio effect, uh, bio uh, bioware games, the dialogue is 
absolutely fantastic. Still got it. Yeah, this still, still got it. it. Yeah. yeah, for me, um, you know, I think, and I told this to you a couple days ago, playing these games in succession like this yeah. has has painted these games in a very different light for me to the point where, and I think I tweeted this on my, uh, my, my own uh, Twitter account, that I like... I like one game a little bit more than I used to. I like one game a little bit less than I used to. And I like one game about the same. Yeah. Um, I'm on, as I said in the beginning of this, I'm on Mass Effect 3 right now. Um, Mass Effect 3 to me is, and you touched on it earlier when you talked about kind of stripping away some of the, the RPG yeah, yeah. aspects of the game. Playing this game in succession has made me realize as, as I've thought about it more, that that decision to move away from a lot of the RPG ass elements of the game, and not that it ever was like super RPG, right, 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 no, not really, yeah. but you know, to move away from some of that that extra fluff into something that's a little bit more straightforward, polished, and and it, it, as far as like character development, I mean, from a, like a RPG standpoint, very linear in a sense. I, I think it was the right move. Yeah. And and I didn't used to think so. I used to my my school of thought was always two was the perfect balance. And maybe it still is in some ways where it has a little bit of that still RPG stuff, but it 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 would move just enough away from it so that it feels a little bit more like breathable. Yeah. Um or you know, it it was a it added more action to the mix to make things more more interesting and dynamic during missions, but it wasn't too much action. I always thought that three was way too action uh, driven, and obviously all this you know the stuff about the storyline and the way the game ended. I've been eating bowls and bowls of crow uh, for the last few days as I've gone back to three. Um, is it jarring to go from two to three? It still is. The 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 initial hour of going to Mass Effect three in the Legendary Edition is still very strange because you can feel and see the differences literally from the end, the way characters look and animate to the player movement. They they kind of run a little funny in Mass Effect three, um, and the way the gameplay is so action focused. But as time went on. And especially as I, you know, years away from all of the, the hoopla about the ending and uh, all the memes, the Marauder Shields, remember yeah, him, yeah. you know, stuff. I have really come to, to actually love the fuck out of Mass Effect 3. Oh, yeah. Played the DLC. I played two out of the three DLCs. I've never got a chance to go back and play it at the, at the, uh, the time they first came out uh, just recently. And they are fantastic DLC. Um, I never played them. I got to be honest. I... I'm really, really, you know, thinking about how I would rank these games from my favorite to least favorite, I'm more thrown off than I've ever been because um, I've always had it as two, one, and three. And three was a distant three. Yeah. Right? I don't know how I rank these games anymore. And, and that's a good problem to have because they're all great in their own way. I think one excels in terms of having, I think, the best story flow. Yeah. Um, it, it introduces all these. You think about what it had to introduce you to. Oh, yeah. All these new species, all these new plots uh, and, and arcs with all this inner, you know, inner, inner galactical, you know, melodrama. And it does all that. It gives you a great villain. It gives you a great, you know, uh, starting group of, of, of companions, memorable moments. It, it had just a really good moment to moment to moment to moment uh, story beat. Uh, flow to it i think two excelled at and, and real ahead. quick to touch on one it's it's so mind-blowing how so many games tried to do what mass effect one did in terms of create a world 
and and and, and Mass Effect did that in space. I mean, it, and it's Mass Effect One is the shortest uh, uh, of the yeah, it's like fifteen hours yeah, almost of two and three, and it and it created this entire world. Like it when it throws you into the Citadel, and you start meeting all these different kind of alien species. They, they so they do it such a way like mm-hmm. and, and also it has to do a lot with the character um uh creation like the 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 way that they build the asari right they look mystical and yeah and and, and you know they're all female well they don't have a, a gender, gender but they're but all they're visually for us she said like you know if you guys were to call something we'd all be female right and they look seductive they look, mm-hmm. they look all those things without being overtly seductive. Miranda. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, they still... And, and then you have all the other, like Garrus and... Turians, and uh, the Turians. Krogans, those, Solarians. The Torians seem like... Just the way they're like... Like like you said, the, the Solarians, they look, uh, you know, upright. They're, they're very smart and, and, and mm-hmm. a lot of scientists. Yeah, and, yeah. And so... Quarians. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all that stuff, they, they, they nail it to the point where you knew... They gave you a little bit. But because, you can retain it all. But but with the way that they they created the characters, the way they look, you mm-hmm. know the you know mm-hmm. uh, how do you call the they live in the flotilla? Uh, the Koreans. Oh yeah, the yeah, Koreans. The Koreans. Yeah, yeah. Like they live in flotilla. They live in sterile spaces. So now they always work because because their immunity system is completely like such right. a small thing, such a small you, thing. But you got it all. Oh, you, you got it. You catch it. You got it. They're and, like and sci-fi is not yeah. good at that. No, no, not not like that. You know because you got you got that. that you know you it just it. It did it in such an incredible way mm-hmm. that even if you never went into the codex, yeah, and kind of went through everything, even if you never did that, which I did many times, I've done, uh, yeah, yeah, I've dabbled. Yeah. Um, even if you don't do any of that, you still grasped everything, and that carries over. And everyone, and two and three, they expand. By the time you get to the end of three, you have all these incredible stories, yeah, and incredible background on all these species, and then with and in the first contact wars, things like they don't even talk about much, mm-hmm. but like you understand the animosity between humans and Turians because of the first contact, yeah. War. And then when you talk, you're hearing radio uh, things about the re- uh, repercussions, not repercussions, um, reparations, the reparations that Turians has paid yep. the human, like yep. these little things that you that you hear on the side, it's like. Well, like they just, they're building and building builds, and building, it and builds. it's easy to captivate. Yeah, so I think I yeah I I love the series for that. Yeah, you know, but for for two, I think two was, uh, and I'm just kind of going through them in, in order real quick here. Mm-hmm. Two for me was, uh, it was really about recruiting those those people and re and, and, and solidifying the relationships you have from the first game. Right, you have your returning cast with Garrus and and some familiar faces like Tally and stuff. They they pop up again. But you're also recruiting all these new people that are going to play a pivotal role in the series uh, from that point on. I, I, I will say that as far as the game that I said I like a little bit less, it is actually Mass Effect 2, which is still one of my favorite games of all time. It's probably mm-hmm. my fourth or fifth. And that, that, has, that isn't going to change. Right. But I think the reason why I feel differently about it is because a lot of that game is built around recruitment mm-hmm. of, you know, we need to get this, this huge roster of people that can help us fight the collectors and the reapers and so on. And you have what was uh, in the trilogy, the largest roster of companions in yeah. the game. Uh, and, and, you know, so you're recruiting them, you're doing the mission to get them, which are, they're all pretty, pretty good missions. Oh, yeah. You have the loyalty them. missions, which are mo- for the most part, very good. Yeah, you have the DLC characters that we just alluded to with Zaid and, and, and Kasumi. Um, you know, and, and it's, there's a lot of that going on. The problem with two that I realized in hindsight, playing through it again now, is that there weren't a lot of of main story missions. Most of what you do in that game, I'd say almost 85 percent of the game is recruiting or loyalty missions. Yeah, and some side missions and DLC stuff. 
But the the actually there's probably a, maybe about three or four main missions in that game where you're actually going up against the collectors or reapers or something like that. Um, and so I think to go to, into three now, what I've realized about that game is that it had a lot of fucking heavy lifting to do. Yeah. Because so much of two was about recruiting people that were going to be a part of two and three. That when you finally get to three, it has to pack in all this stuff to to move the plot forward now. So here's what I'll say about that. And I agree with that. Um, but when Mass Effect 1 came out, it was a planned trilogy. But they weren't sure how Mass Effect 1 was going to do, right? When Mass Effect 2 comes out, be- before Mass Effect 2 is out, they're already developing 3. Mm-hmm. So it's not an excuse because I think that it's, it's game design. It's a, it's a part to sequel. You have to make that game. And I, you're right. It's mostly about your uh, companions and doing companion missions. But it was all like a big... It's almost like uh, Avengers uh, Infinity, mm-hmm. Gauntlet, and Endgame. Where they're the same movie split in two. I see two and three that way. Where like two is the, they're they're gearing up for that big battle at the end. Right? It's almost like Lord of the Rings ish. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're building up and you're you're recruiting and you have that, that, that moment at the end of the game, but the suicide run, but three is like everything you did in two is not gonna come into fruition in yeah, three. Yeah. Which is main which is a lot of the complaints about about three and, and it's like you felt like you were gearing up to something big in two and three you hit that but it doesn't go the way that you thought it would because there's so many permeations of yeah permutations of what that game could be but that's why two feels like that uh when you play two it definitely felt like you're building to three and then also what goes against a little bit it's like three how different it feels mm-hmm. uh yeah when you're playing it but, yeah but what i will say in closing about three is and i'm, I'm still halfway through it but it is it's a game that has i think to me some of the best character moments ever in 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 the the trilogy some of the the people that you lose the way you lose them yeah hits uh i got to one lost i know there's some people that we know that are still playing through the trilogy uh so i won't spoil too much but one of them got me, and, I, and I've seen it already. I've, I've dealt with it already. I've, I've already gone through the, the, you know, the the coping. But like going through it again, having a new appreciation for that particular character from spending more time with that character in two than I did the first time I played it, right? Because I think a lot of us are trying to like, okay, let me have that person around a little bit more often this time around because I didn't really, you know, you can say who it is. It doesn't. Uh, I don't want to mess up anybody's, uh, you know, play through too much. But there's a lot of stuff like that. That I really didn't, um, you know, that I, that I felt back then, but I feel even more now that now that I've been away from these characters so long, I just saw them again for the first time in X amount of years, and now they're dead again. You know, it's like, damn, man. So this game is, I think Mass Effect Three is, um, man. Do I want to, do I want to give that hot take now? Um, now I'll wait till I beat it, but I will say I think, I think, a solid argument can be made that it is. I will say, if, if someone were to say that's their, their favorite game in the trilogy, I would not be mad at all. In the past, I would have said, you're fucking bugging because of yeah. this, because of that. But now that I've come come back to the series and I've, I've, I see it in, in this rapid succession, playing one to two to three, I can see things that I didn't the first time around that I would say, if someone missed all that hoopla about Mass Effect 3 back in, back in the day, yeah, and they just play the game for what it is today, I would not be shocked if someone said three is my favorite. Yeah, I, I think my only thing against that would be that 
you have to look at the game for what it is and what it did. And I think that Casey Hudson and everybody in my work, they painted themselves into a really impossible corner where I, and, it, and it's like a catch-22 because yeah. their ambition for what it is, if, if they try to scale that back, I don't think Mass Effect 1 or 2 would have been the great games that they are. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's like they had to do what they had to do to make those games incredible. And then 3 was always going to have like that weird ending because it was it's literally we, we talked about it it's uh, i think it'd be impossible yeah to get all the permutations permutations of everybody's decisions in each playthrough yeah Renegades. that's that's just insane it's Games insane to, like there's that. no way there's no way to do that so it's like catch 22 because if if they if, if they if they were to uh not be that ambitious mm-hmm. one or two wouldn't be the game that they are now what i would tell people is is i would treat three like for the most part, I would treat most of that game like an ending. Yeah. Because instead of waiting till the actual ending, because there's a lot of things that button up as you're playing through. Like this is the end of this arc yeah. for this entire species. This is the end of this arc for this entire character that we've had from. And when you when you look at it from that standpoint, and you look at this this as like a season finale of things wrapping up, and you're not putting so much stock into the actual ending ending yeah. of the game, you can appreciate all the notes that it hits leading up to the actual ending a lot more instead of putting all this onus on this actual ending to remember that thing from mass effect one, remember that thing from mass effect two, and it somehow bundle all that up into a concise ending. It's a lot to yeah, put on yeah, one but also it's five a thing, minute moment. True. But it's also kind of like the promise, you know, in a way. Yeah. And, it's and, like, and I used to feel it that way too, yeah. but I just it's think, like uh, it's like a like a tell, uh, telltale game. Like yeah, we'll, we'll remember this, and then it never comes up again. Yeah, which never happened. Like you know, there was okay. right, right. But if, if it was like that, and I was like, wait, didn't it? Okay, what was the point of that? And so it, there's a little bit of that again. And I told Mark before, I never had the weird kind of relationship with three. Mm-hmm. I always thought three was really good. Uh, I thought the ending was kind of trashing my head a little bit. Then a couple of weeks later, uh, that game got shit on because of the ending and then i kind of fell into that yeah you're right that did suck and yeah and i never played three again um but you know and that's kind of like on me right but i i'm definitely i'm super i'm super excited to to keep playing i'm really excited to get to three because it's the one it's the one that i probably played the least uh amount i love Um, it now i have to say that's good that's good no no no. it's a crow bro yeah that's good it's it's good crow it tastes good so i have two things to ask you because we did talk about this one, one of them. Are we willing to give uh, Andromeda another another go? For me, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I think I, I I know where I stand on Andromeda. I, I thought about it, but I think um, I I know what it was, and I and I feel like they're not really going to refer back to much about that game so, moving forward. No, so right. no, and, and I that's say the thing. No. And, but I. I'm going to try it, I think, for one specific reason. Because we, I, and, and like we did with 3, we put so much on the game with 3 first came out. And we put so much on Andromeda to be the next Mass Effect trilogy. It never got a chance to uh, to do that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and and I think when I, and I mentioned this before we started recording, I think Andromeda started to start it smaller because it didn't want to fall on the same kind of trap right corner when they got to the end mm-hmm. so it, it, you know there was less kind of choices to be made things that, that i know one of the things were like a lot there was only like three or four different kind of 
endings to the game right. itself. So mm-hmm. it was like really limited. But I think that that was on purpose. And a lot of the character uh, stuff was it was it was less customizable. You had to play one of the twins, you know. Um, yeah. And I, you know, there was a, a lot of the species were missing. Uh, yeah. You know, there's and, a lot and, wrong with that game. There's, there's a lot yeah, to unpack there. But yeah. the thing is, 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 is that game. I, I think it's a bad. I think it's a. It's a they did. They, I think they didn't think think uh, think it through too much, but it, they were definitely banking on this game being successful. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure in Mass Effect Andromeda two, the other arcs would have shown up with Turians. probably. Well, there was a DLC plan yeah. as well that got canceled. So. Yeah, there have been the other arcs with the other. And I yeah. think by the time you got to two, um, it probably would have been a lot like Mass Effect two, where you go out. And I think that was different. the hope. Yeah. Yeah. The different uh, the aliens that you missed right you know that they weren't there it was like this is a prequel without being a prequel because yeah. we moved 600 years into the future where there's nothing but it's kind of like the humanity is at the forefront of everything mm-hmm. and then kind of like reverse right and then the turians and everybody comes in so i it's hard to to to, to, to give like too much of the benefit of the doubt in that way because yeah. it never happened yeah. um Wait. So, but what was the other question you had? You said just so. My other one is, what would Mass Effect because they're they're making a new Mass Effect game? What do they need to do in order to recapture the magic? Because it'd be really hard. What what are they going to do? Another threat that's going to uh, end the world? uh, Another attack by the Reapers? Uh, You know, it's like they can't do that again. I don't think. Um, Should they go smaller? Uh, Should they go? way bigger should they focus on a specific uh alien species because my thing thinking it over uh, a couple of years ago warren specter was uh had an interview that he wanted to make a game that was any it, it was a one huge building or one yeah, apartment that, complex yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. and he wanted you can go at every door everything and, and it interacted everything every sm- uh, literally everything smaller every scale right smaller scale game uh-huh but ultimately, you know, do more in it. I was thinking maybe something along, which probably won't happen, but something along those lines with Mass Effect, where the scale is 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 a little smaller in scope, mm-hmm. uh, but obviously have everything like all the aliens and all that stuff. Also, that we love about the world, mm-hmm. and, and a, maybe a smaller, like maybe not travel to too many planets. Maybe do it in one planet or something like that because it's really hard to, to recapture that i don't know i have no idea what i think i told you about maybe they should just do the garris stuff when he uh like a side yeah like, like a side, side thing. thing where it's like a whole thing but it's i don't yeah. i have no idea how they're gonna how they're going to reimagine well, how they're gonna reimagine that series. i think it does have to be pretty bombastic i mean i i think and there's ways especially with sci-fi you can create a whole nother thing yeah uh if you want to you just have to figure out how to make it not cheapen the original story arc in in terms of oh you know why didn't anybody ever mention this race that came out of fucking nowhere now you know what i mean like there's things like that that i think they're gonna have to think about but um i don't know if they necessarily need another reaper type of threat i think that there's definitely room for like blowback at post-war um now that the dust is settling on the war and whatever choice they decide is canon from the mass effect 3 ending choices which is yeah which is is gonna be hard to figure out yeah right um but there's 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 ways to get around that too. Um, I gotta keep it spoiler free. But you know, with indoctrination being a thing yeah, in yeah, the yeah. game, there's been theories about that to kind of make it work. Um, I do think that the post-war blowback can be interesting with you know reassessing the hierarchy with the species now that the war is over. Um, you know, are, are 
are humans at the top of the food chain? Who's at the bottom now? Yeah. Is there going to be conflict there? Is there a new race that uh, comes in that maybe isn't Reaper-like, but kind of comes in and throws things off? Is there coups that happen? Is there treachery that happens? Yeah. You know, it, there's I, a lot they can do. I just yeah. think that they have to be very careful about... I think the most important thing they have to be careful about is is to be careful of fan service. Because, yes, we want to see, you know, all of our favorites come back. But yeah. you got to do it right. It has to make sense. It doesn't have to be every single person. I don't want a checklist of, oh, they brought Garrus back. Oh, there's the see, I don't think they... I, I think that they shouldn't do that at all. Yeah. I think they should maybe do, like, 100 years in the future or something. I think that's what it's going to be. That's because my prediction. Because Liara's... She's going to live it. up to 1,000 years old. And, she's, and, and the whole and trailer think, thing, yeah. it seemed like she was in it. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to create some distance from the trilogy um, so that new conflicts make sense. And it's not just, oh, we just beat the Reapers. Now we're going to fight the Salarians. And, yeah. you know, like, it, that just doesn't make sense. I think One it's going to be a couple hundred years. I always looked at is like... Sit, the Citadel is so huge. Yeah. And we saw like 0.01%. Literally almost nothing of it. Yeah. It's, it's and massive. I was like, and I almost thought about like. You uh, can make a whole game there. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Like, you remember that movie um, Elysium? Mm-hmm. Like where that whole, like, I don't yeah. know. I, I I almost think that the Mass Effect, any new Mass Effect game is never going to compare to the original. No. Um, but we'll see, you know? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, well, that takes care of our uh, what we're playing loadout. And so for this part of the loadout, and so for this part of the loadout, we are going to be covering the reveals. The, um, the reveals. Man, quite quite a few things leading up to E three. Uh, have have been shown and will continue to be shown um but you know in particular uh there were four things that came out uh, as far as reveals are concerned that, that that pablo and i wanted to uh share our thoughts about and and we got to start with uh a, a game from a series that pablo himself has has dubbed as overrated hot aloy s uh which is uh Horizon Forbidden West. State so, out, uh, State of Play comes out uh, about 20 minutes uh, of of uh, total uh, you know footage and gameplay of the game, and you know as as part of that, we saw you know a good chunk of of what the game is going to be doing uh, that that's pretty similar to the original Horizon. We've also seen a, a couple of of new things as well, and I think that. Um, one of the things that, that I was really, really interested in it, when leading up to this to this state of play was to see, you know, how how bold they were going to get with some of the the, the changes to the Horizon formula. Is it is it is it, is it going to be like the safe route? Are they just going to do a prettier version of what we already have have kind of come to know as the Horizon formula, or are they going to start to be a little bit more adventurous yeah. with with the formula and i think that and i don't know how how you feel about it pablo but for me i felt like most of what i saw of of forbidden west and that state of play is largely safe in my opinion it, it it has some some new things it has the gliding thing like like you know breath of the wild it has a little bit more verticality to it um 
it has a little bit more going for it in terms of uh, you know action, but to me, it, it still looks like the same bow and arrow, roll dodge type of experience for the most part. Uh, so to me, I, I, it really didn't knock me on my ass in terms of like, oh my god, you know, this is the next evolution. Um, how did you feel? Though? So when you play a game, the the first iteration of game part one, and you see the sequel and they're, they're revealing it, you can almost kind of feel the way the game controls just because you've played it before. And yeah. I, um, I I think you're right. I think a lot of the action-orientated stuff is pretty much the same. There's not much that in terms of uh, of an evolution of, of, of that. I always thought that the combat in the game was like insanely mediocre. And it was like, it didn't feel great to me. Um... I, I, thought uh, I thought that the that reliance on the bow and arrow wasn't the best, best but I also, I also thought that when you went in for melee attacks or anything like that, it didn't feel great either. Uh, uh, so, so that's hard, hard for me to tell from the trailer itself in terms of like, does that does feel that better? better? Does that does feel that like, feel like you know, there's an impact, impact more impactful when you're like milling somebody? somebody. Um, um, yeah, I've always talked about Horizon Zero Dawn as one of the most overrated fucking games that have come out. Like, <laughs> but uh, one thing that I that I, I've always said is that I am looking forward to sequel because I, I all the little things that the game does, I almost felt like they were almost right, like almost really good, right? But they just they, it was just too much, too many things happening for the game to to, to execute in, in in the level that people are saying this game is. So okay, from what I saw, uh, it. It graphically, I mean, this this game just like, looks great, like next level. It's a, it it's just incredible. But I mean, I I didn't see anything. I'm with you. I didn't see anything. thirty frames per second. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know if that's because they never really said, hey, this is running at thirty frames. It is running at thirty frames. The analysis shows that it has. Yes. But I I almost feel like that 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 just can't. That's not. There's no way that this game's coming out at thirty frames. I, I, I mean, maybe it is, but I, I just don't think it is. I don't know. That's why they, they, they weren't really upfront about it. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what I'm expecting. I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know what I am going to, what the game needs to do for me to turn me around on it. But everything that I saw, I liked in terms of just visually. But it does look like more of the same it looks and, like more of the and, same and people who love this game which is a lot of people that's they're that, gonna be thrilled they're gonna be exactly they're gonna be, they're thrilled. Gonna be thrilled i just don't I just know, know if, if you know if, if it's gonna do anything for me yeah, yeah I, there was a part uh, a point there was a part in here uh there was a part in in, in the very early stages of the game uh, where Aloy is when she gets into like the the field of red like um, like tall grass, and I remember the first game being a lot of that just like really dumb excuse for stealth gameplay. Like, and they do it underwater as well. Yeah, it's like uh, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, it, like it was like a flashback of all the things that just never hit with me with the game, and I'm like, is this game just not for me uh, or or what? Yeah, like I, I'm I'm gonna buy the game. I'm gonna play the game. I, I think it I think it has a lot of potential. Um, but there's just certain things that are innate to this game's makeup, from the gameplay to even Aloy herself and the and, and the, the characters that she's with. Like, I just don't feel connected to any one thing about this game. 
nothing nothing I saw in the, in the the state of play turned me off per se. It's just that nothing made me go, oh, okay, this is the next step up that I was hoping it would be, and I can finally dig my my my, my claws into this and. and really understand it and connect with it in a way that I couldn't with the first game. Yeah, and I agree with you. And, and I just... I don't know what they'll do. The story was also a sour point for me in yeah. terms of how they told the story. Like, a lot of it was just exposition dump in the audio files. If, if, if the combat is slightly better and they're telling a really intriguing story, uh, there's a good chance that I'm going to like it more than the first one. And possibly even love it uh, mm-hmm. because you know the game is way too beautiful for it to like that's not going to be a problem for me. like in terms of like, i'm never going to be like oh i wish you looked better like you know and, and that's for me i've i've learned especially with, with with the new games coming out that if you have an open world game that looks that beautiful that runs well that's going to do a lot uh, yeah but I, I don't know, man. I, I, there's nothing besides the gliding thing, which I thought was cool. It's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And, and, and the way they implemented in the combat where she's running away from the big elephant thing and, and like, the, the camera views her facing out and she's floating. All, and all the destructible elements. I don't know if that's canned. Like, if that's just that boss fight. Yeah, I couldn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, or if that's going to be... I doubt it could be that destructible. With the game yeah, looking yeah. the way it looks, yeah. like, I, I doubt. I think it might just be during that boss fight. That like, set PC yeah. almost. Yeah, that yeah. stuff happens. Um... Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, I look, I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and and, <laughs> and just kind of be like, man, this game is garbage. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy because I, I honestly don't 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 know. Uh, I really don't know whether or not this game is going to be better, worse, or or about the same. So I don't know when it's coming out. And that's another thing. <laughs> like, let's talk about that. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, look, man, Sony's got to figure out how to fucking talk about a video game, man. I don't get it. I, you know, I told you offline that I think this game is not going to get a state of play in May 2021 if it's not coming out in 2021. I think I still think it is. I don't. I just don't understand why Sony didn't think people were going to wonder about the release date for a state of play about Horizon in May. It's like, the most it doesn't common. make sense. We'll, we'll get into that. But the other game, Dying Light 2, at the end of the presentation, like now the question that the, the most anticipated question you guys have been asking for or guys want to know, is the release date? Of course. We want to see the game and want to see gameplay, but we also want to know when we fucking are going to play this game. I don't feel like watching more of your streams about how great the game's going to be. Tell me what's coming out. It's so crazy that they didn't even mention it. And then at, they did tweets saying, hey, the game's on track. on track. For what? What does that what mean? What does track mean? What, what are you tracking for? Yeah. I, 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 here's what I think. I think that they are PlayStation and they can and will play this by ear. Okay? If Xbox comes out in their showcase, I really think this is what they're waiting for. And they have like three dope ass first party games coming out this year Halo, Forza, and something else, right? And they go, okay. We, we need to compete. And, and, and then they'll be like, hey, by the way, this game is coming out. Boom. Right? Mm-hmm. I almost feel like this game they have it in their pocket. And it's almost like they're, we'll release it when we need to release it. Because right now, they don't really, the, 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 right now with all the games coming out, uh, there's not really a lot that is specific, that is iconic besides Halo that's mm-hmm. coming out for any of these platforms even with Mario Golf and stuff like that there's nothing right yeah, now that's been announced that is, is is iconic in a way where Sony right now is outselling Xbox Series X still uh, Sony mm-hmm. still 
technically on top of the heap, right? So, yeah, they don't need to do anything. And that's a business move that they're they're taking. But you know, as a person who likes playing video games uh, and owns a PlayStation Five, I'd love to know when I'm playing the next great PlayStation Five. That's the thing, yeah. Especially, and I get the COVID aspect of it is challenging too because that put a delay on everybody. But you know. Eventually, you have to start filling in some blanks for people because I don't want to see a game that I'm not going to play until February of next year. I don't want to see that in May. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm excited about seeing it, but I don't. I don't. There's no value I get from finding out how the game is looking, running, performing in May 2021 if it's a 2022 release. So there has to be some. There's some. There's, there's got to be a rollout strategy, and that's what I don't understand about Sony. What is? Is there a rollout strategy, or is it just? Is this a blank space that we have that we can talk about a game? Because if that's the case, then, you know, again, you're, you're creating and also eliminating your own momentum. Yeah. I, because people are not going to care about what the May build of, of your Horizon game looks like if it's no, coming out next year. And you're 100% right, and I'm with you. But but to play kind of devil's advocate here is the first year of a console, nobody really gives a shit about it when you think about it. You know, I'm sure. But, yeah. You know. But what, what I'm saying is if next year – Horizon Zero Dawn comes out in February next year. That's going to suck. And it's going to come out next year and people are going to play it. And you're going to love it probably. It's kind of like when you look at Sony, their last year of the PlayStation 4 technically, right? They had Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima coming out 30 days away from each other. Like, they like the one-two knockout punch. Like, we're closing out this generation with a bang. And I think they're, I think, I think that they're still with that mindset like we're number one. We're gonna release a game when we need to release it, and not finance, not a financial thing, but more or less like when we need to uh, recruit, when we need to, to push our momentum forward. Because you're right, them talking about it and not really talking about a, a release date, it's gonna slow their momentum because we don't know what's next. Besides, after actually playing, we really don't know what's coming. That's the thing, and, and it doesn't seem very Sony-like to not have anything right at the end of the year and I think it's because of I honestly think and you and, and you I think you we diverge a little bit here uh, I, I think that you you're saying you said to me that Sony is not afraid of Xbox and I think that's true but I also think that the public perception is something that they want to stay on top of so if Halo comes out and then they have Forza and they have one more big thing and then they say oh by the way Sony says now we have, so have Rise of Zordon coming out in between mm-hmm. all those games. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Forza, Forza for all its awesomeness yes. that it is. It's Forza, though. It's a car. Yeah, it's, it's, it's right. Exactly. Cars on track. Right. It, yeah. Exactly. So if I still think that Sony uh, is playing the they could they could win right this could be a good strategy for them or it could come back and shoot you know and shoot them in the face and they go hey motherfuckers by the way avowed is coming out this year oh also starfield is also this year you know what i think if if they're waiting on anybody and this just came to mind now i think they're waiting on nintendo yeah i think they're waiting on figuring out what the fuck's going on with zelda because they i don't think they want another round two of breath of the wild versus horizon like like it was last time i think they want they're grooming Horizon to be a game of the year right. candidate. Um, they're not going to put it in the line of fire of, of a new Zelda. Not for not for not not at all. So I think that they're probably going to wait it out, see see what's going on with the with the progress of Zelda, and make a decision based off of that. Because I think because we because we've heard that Sony is very Metacritic obsessed. That's been started to become documented. Yeah, that, that's their that's their thing. 
I don't think they want a new Zelda fresh in anyone's mind and then going and playing Horizon or vice, you know, vice versa yeah. and have the other game on their mind. Because that's just going to create a lot of skewed, like we talked about in the beginning with Booty Juice, like it's going to create a lot of skewed opinions and reviews and they don't want to roll that kind of dice. And also that's, a, that's, a, that's also a thing that it's afforded to them mm-hmm. by the fact that they're, you know, they're the they're number one right now. Because yeah. Xbox can't do that. If, yep. if, uh, if Fable is ready, it's coming out. Right, you know, and they're gonna tell you, hey, it comes out in, in this, you know, yeah, that, that's what they're gonna do. Um, same thing with Halo. I, 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 there's no way that Xbox comes out and says Halo don't give no release date. They're gonna give you a release date. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, not at all. So, not at all. but it's coming. But out. Sony, can, Sony can do that because you know, Sony can. Yeah, they can. At least they believe they can. That, that's and that's kind of the thing that we have to understand from them because uh, they're when they're on top, they tend to get a little bit. Boasters, right? Like, like yeah. your PS2. Right. We shit. talked about that in the... Yeah, yeah the we, crash. We could tell the tape yeah, on the, a couple episodes. Right. Ago, yeah. The crash of PS3. Yeah. And then, yeah. the, you know, yeah. humbling themselves, little humble pie, PS4. And now they're back on there that. There it is. Yeah. And so they're acting like that too, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we'll yeah. see. But I mean, you know, it, in the end, I think it's it, it looks like a very, very good game. Whether it's for me or not for me isn't the, you know, isn't the, the main issue. It looks like there's a lot of people excited about what they saw. And it's cool. So I just... I still think it's happening this year. I think they need something this year. But one way or the other, they need to be more clear. They need to be more transparent. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to our pre-E3 edition, uh, when we talk about Sony in a little bit more detail. But another game we did talk about briefly as we were talking about Horizon is Dying Light 2. Um, so they had a live stream, um, which was... I don't know whether it's just a Polish thing or what, but it's like everyone has in, in Poland like some like welcome to Night City kind of bullshit stream where welcome to lay, dying light, stay human, the zombies, and they they go through the whole like here in this world you can do that what you do. It's, it's a lot of that shit again. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with my people, man. But my Polak people need to figure it out because that shit was long, boring, and all it needed was like the the gameplay trailer that came out later. I think they're trying to create like this like sense of like connectivity with the, their audience. Uh, yeah, and they're gonna do more episodes like that in the future. I'm like, I don't. I don't think we need that. I really don't. Just tell me if the game's coming out this year and how it's going. But in saying that, um, how did you feel about the the I guess the re reveal? Uh, of Dying Light 2. What were your thoughts looking at the, the trailer, the gameplay, the whole the whole shebang? So, when it revealed the first time, what's one thing that they focused on? Like, kind of like the way that the story elements... The choices, I think? Yeah. yeah. They didn't really talk about that too much. In they alluded to it again, but they didn't get, like, they didn't show, like, a whole, like, here's scenario A, so here's B. I wonder if a little bit of that went away. It seems like it got down, like like downscaled. Because bit. when they talked about it for the first time, it was like you're gonna miss an entire part of the city yeah. if you flood this or if you preserve the water here, and you could have missed like it was like a huge chunk of the game. And it's like, oh, that's, a, that's bold, but it's such a big thing that they don't even they barely talked about it. Yeah, um, they did have a, a certain part in the gameplay trailer where they where they did talk about like you'll see you'll spend a lot of time with certain you know factions and certain yeah, people yeah, within yeah. those factions. I, what I got the sense of is that the core of what they were initially trying to do was still there, but they had to, to I guess the, the best way to say it in this case is scale it back or ch- kind of cheapen it and kind of you know rig it together in this way where it's not as fleshed out as you think. It's yeah. a little bit more hollow than they're making it sound. Yeah. Um, but it's still there in, in like technically that they didn't like cut it out of the game. You know what I mean? So 
I thought that was, uh, you know, cool to see. I, I thought that the game looks great. Yeah. Um, I think that the world looks really cool. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't play a ton of the original Dying Light. It didn't connect with me that much because I've I've never been a fan of first person like melee. Dude, you and should try it again. I did. Yeah, I did. I still felt the same way. Uh, it, but I, there's something about this game that looks like they've worked out a lot of the stuff that felt a little yeah. stiff um, from the first game. Um, you know, the movement looks really good. The action looks really good. Um, I would say my sa- strangely enough, my, my sentiments about Dying Light 2 are almost similar to Horizon in that it just kind of looks like more of the same to me. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, look, for people that love that, they, they're going to love it even more. I think it's I think it's just kind of the same thing all over again. In terms of like you know, it's it's more parkour, it's more hardcore parkour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all that, and and that's great. Um, I, I don't know if there's anything that I necessarily went you know, ape shit about when I saw it, but nothing at all. It just looked like a prettier version of of what they did originally, and and just with um, a few more of those like choice driven caveats that they've they've been hyping up. So yeah, we'll see. I, I think it looked good. I there's no way. I, this is my opinion. I don't think this game's going out this year. They said December. Yeah, December seventh. Right? That's that's hugging the end of the year. Yeah, that, and I that, just feel boy, like isn't that is that not I just, <laughs> cyberpunk as fuck. And I just feel like they're almost giving themselves an out a little bit. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. That, that date definitely good. feels like. Hey, when's your game coming out? December, December seventh, December seventh of twenty twenty one. Two. It's just a weird time for for that game to to come out. Um, I don't know. Not many yeah, games have I, success. Uh, the, the, the only game that I could think of that was successful when it came out in that time frame was um, uh, Far Cry 3, which came out in December. That was December? Yeah, it was like late December. It was like mid-December. I guess technically Cyberpunk was from a sales standpoint successful. It was, yeah. But, but you it know, was Cyberpunk. But the, yeah, yeah. Behind that. Um, but, and then yeah. uh, another game that I'm thinking of, uh, uh, Phoenix, with that came out in December, yeah. Oh yeah, but you know, it's a not 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 a lot of fanfare. Honestly, isn't uh, isn't there a cutoff? And I don't think people care about this too yeah, much. Yeah, like November, the Game Awards cutoff. Yeah, November twenty something. Yeah. yeah. So then they missed that too. It just doesn't make sense. I don't know why they're really trying to make it this year. Well, I, I, I think Cyberpunk like had to because uh, all the promises it made, well, it yeah, had to come out that fiscally was whole... and all that stuff. I all, there's two there's two mindsets. This game is a total fucking mess. <laughs> Right, it's possible, and, and, and they don't want to even talk about. Be, they know they're not going to be game of the year contenders, so it's like let's just sneak it under the radar. Or it's it's one of those things where this is the latest time that we can release the game under certain investor parameters. Like this is the the, the latest time they've given us to release the game, so they, we're going to give each other the most time possible to to, to iron out the kinks. That kind of like uh with um. A disco Elysium, like it's coming out in March, and it's like literally the last day of March. Like they gave themselves yeah. all of March, right? I yeah. think the same thing. It's like, yeah, this game's coming out 2021, December 31st. <laughs> you know, like hey, so 11:47. Yeah, I think that that's kind of where where, where they're at, or it, yeah. it just gets delayed. But I don't, I, 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 I don't have a lot of faith in it coming out. Yeah. I thought about it more. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. So know. I don't there's there's just, it's very tumultuous uh, development. Uh, yeah, yeah it, there's a lot of stuff in that development that. That, that seemed weird and the more I thought about it the less they talked about those big I mean the game was all about choice and, and the less yeah. talked about that it's like I, I think this game might have been reworked a little bit it seemed like it it seemed like it needed somebody to come in there and kind of clean up a mess I'd be like uh, guys you can't do this this is ridiculous yeah this is you're never going to finish the game exactly you're never yeah. going to finish it yeah so Dying Light 2 to me it was uh, another one of those like oh cool it looks like it's back on track but this year I don't know 
Um, Far Cry 6. Far Cry 6 is, is comfortable being a 2022 game, which yeah. is a relief. Um, how do you feel about the Wait, Macarena? Wait, it comes out this year. Is it, is it this year? Yeah. October. No, it's not. Yeah, October. 7th. Oh, it's October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I thought it was 2022. Anyway, how do you feel about the Macarena? <laughs> uh, um, listen, I, I'm, I, I'll tell you right now, uh, that Macarena gun is stupid as fuck. Uh, and, and, and it feels a little like Try hardy in, in the in the comedy sense of it. Yeah. Okay, but besides that, I'm I'm kind of hyped for the game. Like I, I I you know what it reminds me of a little bit visually and, and kind Far of, Cry. No, no, Far Cry Two. Where uh, well, yeah, yeah, but Far Cry Two is pretty different. Like with you know you had you had the malaria and all that stuff and, and yeah. the, the interconnectivity between the people. Is that the Casey Hudson uh, game as well? Isn't it? I don't know. I, I think it I might know. be. But uh, anyway, I um. I, I think it looks more populated. The world looks a little bit more fleshed out. It seems less like uh, you're just driving in the middle of nowhere, and it's like you know, like, there's there's definitely a, a, a war going on, but there's def- it, it seems like there's more contextual uh, uh, person to NPC uh, storytelling going on uh, than other games. Uh, it looks a little bit, even though they have the Macarena gun, it looks a little, a little more grounded. In its villain, and with the villains, <laughs> I don't know because I mean, but five was crazy. Five was like that crazy preacher type, and they had all well, these yeah, brothers, and, and, and the, the, it was yeah. really insane. And three was with Vaz and all that, yeah. and and four with uh pink with Pinkman or uh, oh I remember his name yeah it's like it was like over the top. This guy, uh, the bad guy in, in, in the six, seems a little bit more like. We'll see. I think yeah. he's got like closet psycho. Oh syndrome. No, for sure, for sure. But, but like on the onset, it looks a little bit more like. Like again, like Far Cry Two. Well, Far Cry Two wasn't that silly. It was kind of like over overtly serious. It was a little too much, and it had that kind of like the kind of silly gameplay still with the a little overtly bit, yeah. serious didn't mesh mesh well. I, yeah. I, I think that uh, my thing with Far Cry games is there hasn't really been a Far Cry game that's been complete ass. It's always like oh more of this, more of this. You either like it or you hate it, but it's it's always a really um, well made game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story is what it is, uh, but it's never it's never like a game that is like horribly made in any. It, no, it's, no. it's a really well made game that's fun to play, mm-hmm. uh, which might not be for everybody, and it, it's a little shallow in, in a lot of parts of it. But I, I do think that okay. this game, it, it I saw the I, I saw I, I I can't I don't know why I just something about it that it really is interesting to me. Like I really want to I. Also, it looks amazing. It looks good. Yeah, it looks, it looks good. Amazing. I have to be honest. I, I I have no interest in this game. Yeah. Um, it. What you just said about you know, there's never been a really bad Far Cry. I think that is just so emblematic of Ubisoft. In in, in, in but not in a good way. Almost, it's like they they kind of phone in the formula that that they figure out works. Yeah. When you when you figure out a new Assassin's Creed formula, we're gonna run that shit into every round until we have to change it up. Uh, you know, Watch Dogs was the same kind of thing. Um, the Division, and and then when they did, um, uh, what the fuck is it? Uh, Ghost Recon. Yeah, the new Ghost Recon Black Point or whatever uh, it was called. Uh, Wasteland. Uh, no, no, Wasteland. No, no, the, the newer one. Oh, with, uh, Breakpoint. Yeah, Breakpoint. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Uh, you know, and they made it just like the Division. You know. It, yeah, yeah. It was just like, to me, Ubisoft is is masters at just phoning it in. And, and following the formula to a T. Everything that I saw in Far Cry 6's uh, trailer to me, other than, you know, obviously, it, instead of a bear, it's got a crocodile now. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's got this quirky, you know, uh, rocket, whatever that yeah, thing rocket is on, on her thing. back. Yeah. Rocket backpack. That's pretty dope. Which was cool. Yeah. But it's like, yep. Yeah. This is just them kind of reshuffling the same deck here. I, yeah, the, the Ubisoft games lack individuality. They do. They all feel like the same kind of 300, 500, because there's a huge studio. People work on it, and then they have yeah, a formula. Dude. The shooting is going to be this. But I do feel it that... It feels the same, though. But I do feel like Far Cry, out of all of them, has the, has the best personality. Like, they, they like to... They focus on the villains and and your in your interaction that because i can't really think like i can't think of a single ubisoft game with a memorable villain other than the far cry games like you're thinking about it now it's like it's hard for me to 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 to, to that's true but i think that part of the problem is that even that's become um an expectation an expectation yes i agree you have to have the zany uh antagonist yeah and that's just that's just a problem with the game itself it's not very um Mm -hmm. They don't try to do much with it, right? Yeah. They do have an. They do have, in in a world of Ubisoft games that lack individuality, Far Cry has the best kind of personality in terms of that. It but does. It is very repetitive within its own kind of making. Yeah, yeah like Vaz yeah. and Pinkman and 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 the, the the guy from last John the the the, the pastor. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever his name is. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's it's very formulaic. It's it very is. formulaic. And I think that was my issue. I, I went back and played five recently for the first time. I beat that game, right and I'm away. like, "This is the same shit I was doing in Far Cry 3. It's the same. Sh- I mean, it, you know, obviously with some enhancements here and there, but I'm like, yeah, this, I, the, the, yeah. the core of it's still the same. And I beat and I beat five. Uh huh. And I can tell you right now that I've had a great time playing that game, but it's not a game that I would have even put in my top ten list because it was just kind of like, oh, cool, good times. Went through it. It's pretty. It was pretty fun to play, but you know, it wasn't really. Um, special, right? Uh, and I think that you know, mm-hmm. when, when when games come out now, they have to be to a certain extent. They have to be special, and th- Far Cry doesn't have that. But yeah, I, I am excited for six because uh, I, I don't know. There's just I just visually, there's something about it that I feel that it looks different, um, and uh, I'm excited to see uh, where the story goes with Giancarlo. Esposito, mm-hmm. which by the way, that man is not Spanish, and his Spanish is terrible, and his accent is offensive. <laughs> I just want to tell you that it's well, like we're right, Scarface. We're right back to Latin representation. You're gonna make Cuba, and you're gonna hire an Italian black man, which is that's what he is. Like, yeah. uh, and, and and he did that in in uh, in in, um, in, um, in Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad, and his yeah. Spanish was at, oh, horrific. And people who yeah. uh, people watch it, oh, he's, they think he's Spanish. I mean, I guess because of the way the, he looks and people. And it, are, people get the, the name like, yeah, oh, that's, uh, he's not. He's Spaniard. not a Hispanic man. He's a, a he's black guy playing a Spanish guy, and his accent. I'm telling you, it it's offensive. It's not gonna be good. It, it, but yeah, so um, you know, we're back to that, and that kind of just pisses me off. You're right smack down in the middle of quote unquote Cuba, mm-hmm. and your uh, your Fidel Castro is not. <laughs> You know, you yeah. could have uh, many, many like the guy who played Vaz. Uh, he in uh, in Far Cry, they weren't in any specific area. It's like indisclosed Indian Caribbean right, type, right. and they and Vaz right. is Spanish. That guy is a Spanish actor. I mean, you could have gone to which, by the way, is, is that theory still out there that the kid is Vaz? I don't I know, but I don't, de- I don't know why he's still on like the the, the cover art of the game. Like, yeah, he, there's got to be somebody because there's no reason why you have well, his kid. in We the talk game. about formulas, right? The formulaic approach to most uh, uh, Far Cry games is is the is the villain is never the villain, 
is always somebody else, right? Yeah. Especially with three, with Vaz, it wasn't Vaz, and you know, know. so maybe that's what that is. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm super, I'm super optimistic about the game, but only because I've never ran into a Far Cry game that I go, this is complete horseshit, and I'm never playing this game again. Yeah. Like, so I'm optimistic okay. in that sense, where it's more of that. But you know, it's 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 not definitely a game that I'm gonna be counting on the days to, to, to play. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I, I I don't think I'm gonna buy it day one. I think I'll probably pick it up when it's on sale. Well, we'll see because the whole the whole rumor coming up about Ubisoft and mm. Xbox being in bed together. You know, we'll maybe see. The Game Pass. We'll see. I don't know if they fucking, but they fucking. Um. So speaking of optimism, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. New Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. What do you think about that? He's blue. You know, to break the fourth wall, I threw this in here mostly because me and Pablo really want to take this opportunity to say, Sonic? Huh? Yeah. Look, there was a thing on, I think it was on Twitter recently. I think you you kind of told me about it. Yeah, it was was, kind of funny. Oh, yeah. They yeah, were yeah. talking about some shit, and then they said, oh, yeah, but Sonic's more popular than most characters. Like, for example, Sonic's more popular than Zelda. Did a poll, Zelda won. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I think that the, the people misconstrued better games. Yeah. The, the, the fact is, Sonic is the more popular. Yeah. People IP. that don't even know games that well know, oh, that's Sonic. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, so Sonic, but in, in 2021, you know, the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise as a video game franchise. It's not really. Is, is what? It, what is it exactly? Yeah. Like, it's been damn near non-existent. People are still saying, well, Sonic Mania. Well, Sonic Mania was a couple years ago. Yeah. And that was made by, I think, a, like a super fan of Sonic. And they just decided to kind of rope him in and make it official, which is cool. But, like, you know, this infatuation with people thinking that Sonic is on a comeback or no. that it's going to return to its former glory is to me just it, it's kind of laughable at this point because Sonic's I think Sonic's best days have come and passed by far in my opinion um, I think the Dreamcast era was probably its peak um, if that as some people love the you know Sonic the Hedgehog games on there I didn't really care for them too much when I came to them listen they're just there's just nothing there for me I, I think Sonic it's his his the best thing Sonic has ever done is go away. <laughs> no, it, 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 the the best thing about Sonic and, and why Sonic is influential in in the video game world is because of of the way that Sega branded Sonic right. to fight Nintendo right. and almost won. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Sega does what Nintendo like. You know that that, that, right, that whole exactly. thing and then the whole punk rock shit with yep. the, the kind of like you know. Uh, the cooler, and, and the cooler version, and, and look, yeah. and, you know, Mario slow, Sonic is fast type shit. Look, you go back. I mean, Super Mario World is 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 a superior game in every way Almost than every Sonic, in in any Sonic game. And and going back, even with Sonic Mania, which I thought was really cool, I it almost, you know, it almost jumped out at me how not great. Sonic is. It was uh, a product of its time, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, and I I, yeah. I, I don't think that that um. It's funny because with a new game that's coming out, it's a 3D Mario. It's a 3D uh, Sonic game. Apparently, open rumor world, open world with Ubisoft towers. Ooh, that was in there. That's super. Cool. 
where you open up the map by <laughs> these. So the rumor is like these towers will act more like 2D sections of the game. Yeah. And then you, you know, anyway. I, I don't want this. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Look, there's, a, there's just no, there's no Sonic game that I can personally say that it ever really changed my opinion about games one way or no, the other. No, there's no. There's no, there's no, Ison, there's no iconic Sonic game. Not not for me personally. Yeah. Some people, yeah, Sonic 1, but it, I, I can understand. In, way, in ways what? In ways that maybe it shapes their childhood because it's the only system they had. But when you look at, like, subjectively, what makes a good game, comparatively speaking to, like, games of that same year, same genre, there's, mm-hmm. there's no comparison. You I feel like we it. missed out on putting it on our overrated list. Yeah, I think so too, man. Because I, I, but that's how much I don't think about that game. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't cross my mind a lot. And when when this announcement came out of like the teaser and the rumors about it, and you know, granted, I don't think the excitement is like like through the roof or anything. I don't but think like, it is, yeah. but the people that are like, oh my god, open world Sonic, oh my god, dream come true. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get the dream. There's, I don't get the dream. Yeah, the dream, and it was on a dream cast, and it was yeah, there. yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not with this at all. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think listen, modernizing Sonic this way is gonna is gonna hit. I will say, if people want to, if there's people who are gonna buy it, it's gonna be successful in its own way. Yeah, more yeah, power yeah. to you. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna be here and be like, oh, we got the greatest. Uh, uh, <laughs> Who's this, Charles Barkley? <laughs> yeah, we got, uh, uh, we, got the we got the greatest uh, showcases uh, <laughs> in Sonic. Like, no, man. Like that uh, was like, no, yeah. No. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of just done with people putting Sonic in the same yeah. breath as 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 Mario. And and you know, people are like, well, I'm a Sega Genesis kid. I'm talking to so a Sega Genesis kid. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, Marco was like, uh, Marco had a Sega Genesis, and yeah. and, and and you know. Even you can tell it tests. It's just it's just those games were like they were you said, fun for product, what they were. Yeah, product of their time. Yeah, and and, and and a and a marketing tool. They were you know if you look at all the the, the books and the, and, the, yeah. and the documentaries about it. Yeah, this this thing was literally formed to beat Mario. Right. That's all it was. And and it it's it, it's it's a it's a marketing tool. And it, yeah. And, it, and, and when people say, well, yeah, even with the conversation, it's more popular. Yeah, it's more popular because it was built to be a marketing tool. Zelda wasn't built to be on Lunchbox. It was built to be a great game. Yeah. Sonic was built to be on Lunchboxes. Right. TV shows. TV shows, cartoons, yeah. Yeah, Sonic has had a TV show on every generation, every decade. Yeah, because that's what the fuck this thing was built for. Yeah. Literally was built for. Even Mario. Yep. When you look at, when people talk even about that, like, who's more popular, Mario or Zelda or, or Sonic? It's Mario. But Mario doesn't really have TV shows. Mario doesn't have a movie. Mario is on. Well, it's got well, a movie. Yeah, well, it got one movie. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, now, like, you know, like, you know, with the new Sonic movie that came out, you know, it, it doesn't really have the same kind of ex- IP exposure. Uh, yeah, it's on lunchboxes. But I- I'll tell you what, I-, I think it's more common to see a product uh, in the wild of Sonic than yeah, it is yeah. of Mario, weirdly enough, you know? Um, and that's not to do with, with, with Nintendo and the way that they, they kind of, mm. uh, you know, do the marketing but you know this thing this blue hedgehog was 100 created to be everywhere and it was exposed. a mascot yeah it was a mascot built to be mario wasn't built to uh, be a mascot it became mm-hmm. a mascot you know like you said zelda was built was the reason of zelda was to execute on an idea that miyamoto had about his childhood and it was 
meant to be a good game. Sonic was put together. Sonic 2, 1, 2, and 3 were put together fairly quickly yep. to, 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 to combat the actual market in, in, in that time. It was all marketing. That thing is a market monster and mm-hmm. it does, and it survived. Kudos to Sega for, for, for keeping it there. But it's on life support though. But when you build, when you build something to be a thing, and it is that thing. Mm-hmm. You can't honestly be like, well, you see it. It's No, that's what it was built for, of course. Yeah. And to compare to Zelda, I mean, that's silly because, again, Zelda is the third or fourth most popular franchise on a Nintendo. Right. Right? But it's still it's still a really popular franchise. Of course. Really because Nintendo, the platform of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's you build a monster to be an, to be an IP powerhouse throughout right. To transcend transcend of video games, and it did for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it has more exposure, you know. But you know, you can. It's not that doesn't matter. That's another thing we talked about. Exposure does not usually doesn't always mean popularity, you right? Know? And you know, and, and obviously they're trying to, to resurge Sonic with the movie that recently was, came out, which was fine, but it bad. went through its yeah. backlash before yeah. it came out yeah. with the design of Sonic. You know, it, they're trying. Yeah. So we'll see, but uh, you know, the, and, and but the dream thing. is over with this this being like the turnaround yeah. time for them. But but that's another thing. It's funny because you mentioned that it's like Sonic was made to do that too. Like you you watch a Sonic movie and that little kind of like the way he is and he's so rambunctious and that's that's kind of what the, Mario would not work. In oh, that scenario. of course not. That'd be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so you know the only reason what if I like Sonic is if Microsoft buys him and then it'll be my favorite and it'll be better than Mario ever oh, was oh if Microsoft buys if Microsoft buys Sonic it's <laughs> about time oh yeah um alright man alright so let, let's go ahead and let, let's let's cool down um and let's talk about our topic which is what game Pablo would you choose to show off to someone who does not get the appeal of modern video games. Okay. So, I put this in the context of. Okay, I put this in the context of like, okay, I'm not gonna talk to you, uh, a, a person about video games about hey, uh, platforming mm-hmm. or precise uh, controls and, and 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 things of that sort, right? A lot of things like a lot of platforms. So I want to show them a game. That is, at, and this is people are gonna hate it, but it's as close to a movie okay. as possible, right? And maybe because I've just played it, I, I would say Mass Effect is the game that I would show them. And, and, and within the context of the first one, yeah, the first one because of just just in the context of if I showed it to them in 2007 or you know in that that kind of that mind frame because I know it's a little dated, sure, yeah, but it's like you know there's a lot of there's a lot of it's a political intrigue. There's a lot of your character building. You, you show them, hey, you can create your own character. You can name them how you want to name them. Mm-hmm. This is you. You are this person out in this world. Yeah. And you're out there talking to people. You're, you're, you're doing people favors or you're not doing people favors, right? You're, you're being a, 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 re- a renegade or you're being a paragon. Sure. Uh, and, and you're going through all this. And, and I feel like uh, if you were to show somebody why you love video games, why Pablo loves video games, I think that would be the game for me to show them because, you know, it, it's 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 less about shooting aspect of it because they're not going to care about that. You know, they, they've seen that everywhere, right? Shooting like like a, like a Call of Duty, you know, they're not going to give a shit about that. That's that's kind of like the reason why they probably don't play video games. Right. But if you expose them to something that's 
more than just that. And I think Mass Effect has that in spades. And and, and, I, and I saw the game you picked as well, and that's one of the ones that I actually had picked that one, but I switched to this oh, one because okay. you already picked it. Okay. Because I think that one does exactly what, what, what we're talking about here. Gotcha. And it shows an emotionality. And same thing with, with Mass Effect in that way. So th- that would be my pick. Okay. Well, mine uh, is is The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, and, and I picked The Last of Us for a couple of reasons. Number one is... I. It, envisioning the person who doesn't get the appeal of modern games i i want to i want to kind of fuck with them a little bit mm-hmm. um and say i want to show you a game about a post-apocalyptic world where you fight off zombies and they're just gonna go oh boy here we go and then i'm gonna pop in the game start it up and they are gonna see me take control of a 11 year old 12 year old girl and they're gonna immediately go what this, yep. what, what are we doing here? Why we're just at home walking around? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, and, and so I, you know, walking around and then meeting up with dad, who's you know, this guy that works hard and just got home and today's his birthday. Here's a mm-hmm. here's a watch I got you, dad. Love you. Fall asleep, and then something's going on with the house next door. Yeah. Neighbors oh. barking, dogs, all that stuff. You hear news things going on in the TV in the living room. Then you hear an explosion off in the distance. And then you're running in, you're getting into a car with your dad. You don't know what's going on. And now, and, and in your head, you're like, this is, I'm playing this girl now. I guess nothing's going to happen to her. Yeah. Because she's not the protagonist you know, of the story. So off the bat, you've yeah. got a scenario where this person probably thinks it's just going to go, go get some guns, go shoot the zombies, go get the points, go mm-hmm. win the games. And, and instead, it's this, this slow build of like, oh, wait, a child? Oh, wait a minute. That's, okay, that's dad. That's his, that's his dad's brother. Oh, shit, that's going on. Okay, now they're trying to get away. Oh, their neighbors are fucking dying. Okay, there's, they're backed up there, and there's no traffic. They got to go the other way. You know? And then you know, I can see them piecing it all together in their head of, of like, holy shit, and then the kid dies yep. um, and gets shot. And then it cuts to black. Yeah. And then 20 years later, if that person's not grabbed by that point, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> like, you know, that, that, that defy, that's a game that takes a very conventional, uh, I guess, premise and turns it on its head in this really gripping fashion, right? And I'm not going to get into all the reasons why Last of Us is such a great game, but it's just one of those games that can defy what you think a video game is going to be based on its topic yep. based on its conflict and can really rope you into characters and make you go wow that that person seems like a real person all oh, that voice is it's it's just like how i would expect that person to sound and they're piecing together this this new thing and it's not just bleeps and bloops and guns and and and, and tuts or whatever <laughs> you know because they because that's another misconception too it's all sexualized yeah um so i would love to you know, champion a game like that as as the one that kind of shows that there's depth, that there's story, that there's thought provoking moments. There's moments that stick with you. Uh, there's moments that engage you. You're rooting for people. You're rooting against people. You don't know what to make of certain people that you come across. Uh, you're questioning decisions that are made from you know one person. Um, you're falling in love with the relationship that two people have as they're getting to know each other. Yep. You get all that stuff in one package. I think it makes this game kind of that, that quintessential show off uh, for, for yeah, that's a great pick for gamers. So um, that'd be my pick, man. And uh, I think that's going to wrap up our big uh, part one 
of episode seven. So check back very soon for part two when we take that big pre-E3 deep dive into what we think about the big three. So deep. And uh, it's going to be it's gonna be, gonna be balls deep. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but you made me do it. Uh, we're going to get into that big three. Uh, then some big publishers and big studios to talk about what they have or may not have going on uh, when E3 time kicks off. So while you're waiting, subscribe to our show and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CoolDownTimePod. That way our toxic-ass opinions will always be in your FOV. So we'll see you in part two.